Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Do you know what it's like to fall on the floor? Cry your guts out till you got no more. you the best song in the world later on it may not be the best song in the world but it, it's this song by the eels i've got i, I kind of we've mentioned the eels before right and it's this guy what's his name is it um i want to say rupert everett but he's an actor isn't he rupert everett but his this guy's name may be rupert everett as well i don't know it doesn't matter doesn't matter there'll be eels fans out there that can tell me good for you Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, um, but this song, um, uh, uh, isn't it funny? iPod Shuffle, right? Every now and then, I'll just get reminded that uh, there's an act that I really like, and I haven't listened to them for maybe five or six years, and then it will, it will pop up in my iPod Shuffle. And I go, oh, I remember the Eels, and this song popped up on my iPod Shuffle today. That oh God. 
I listened to it thrice, um, but I had to stop it because I was crying in my car on the A40. Imagine. Imagine. Um, and I'll play it later on. It's brilliant, right? And if someone were to say, Ian, can you describe yourself in three and a half minutes? I go, oh, yeah, listen to this song. It sums me up perfectly. It's brilliant. But that's not necessarily what I want to talk about this evening. Although you're more than welcome to call in with songs what sum you up. I've never had anything like it. It was every line was like, oh, yeah, that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, my God, he's talking about my dad now. It was the weirdest thing. We'll play it later on. The question I really want to ask you tonight is why the hell do I sit through so many boring films? Boring films. I watched the film today, right? And this was after I'd watched the film with Brian Cranston in the the Imaginator. Or so. I don't know what it was. He's, he's, he's a, pretends to be an... Un- he doesn't pretend. He is an undercover drugs officer, right? And I watched that yesterday, and it was two hours of utter, utter tedium. But it was like the fourth film I'd started, and I kind of said, right, well, you know, it's a boring film, but Brian Cranston is 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 very watchable. So, I watched it for him. And then today, I watched a film... And it's a film I'd seen a trailer for, and I know the trick that they do in trailers. They put the best bits of the film in the trailer, don't they? Don't they? Have you noticed? So that you then watch the whole film, expecting it to be like the two and a half minutes you've seen in the trailer. And this film was not anything like the trailer, because the trailer made it exciting. And the film was boring and weird, and I sat through the entire film. And I, I, and I was there watching it on my own, right? And I said out loud, man, this film is boring. I said that, actually said it out loud. Um, but I couldn't stop watching it. And I don't mean I couldn't stop watching it because it was so bad it was good. It wasn't a plan nine from outer space or attack of the killer tomatoes. It wasn't anything like that. It was just the most boring, tedious, rubbish. I'll tell you the film, and some of you will have seen it, right? Some of you will have seen this film. Most of you won't have seen it, because I think you're quite a cultured lot. So you won't know what this film is. It's a film called The Guest, right? And... It, it was just unspeakably bad. It was from, I think, last year or maybe the year before, right? And yet it was made... It it was like it was in the 80s. It had all of the hallmarks of a really crappy 80s straight-to-video movie. Now, so I'm going to ask a really niche question for you to call in. I know I said, oh, I don't do questions and all that. Well, that's a lie, right? Can you only call in, please, for the first ten minutes of the show or so, if you've seen The Guest? I oh, And I know I'm really narrowing down the callership <laughs> on a new station that doesn't get that many calls anyway. Now I'm being uber-niche. Can you only call in, please, if you've seen The Guest? I don't want to speak to anyone else. Only want to speak to them if they've seen the guest. Okay? Now, we may get no phone calls on that. But I need 
to speak to another human being who has sat through that pile of crap. Because it was awful. And I remember going to the cinema like 18 months ago, a couple of years ago. And there was always a trailer for it on. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that looks right. 0344-499-1000. I can tell you now, this has not set the switchboard alight. I didn't expect it to. But I'm quite happy to wait. So if you've seen the tra- if you've seen the film The Guest, can you call in and just I just wanna check I just wanna check that I've got my that I'm I'm calibrated properly. Because the last few films I've watched, I've sat through, I've gone, that's rubbish. That was rubbish. And maybe, maybe, this is a possibility. Maybe my calibration is off slightly. And so films that are actually all right, for some reason, for whatever reason, it may be. Faulty wiring in my head, I know not. Um, I'm watching these films that are quite good and going, that's crap, that's crap, that's rubbish. So I don't know. So, 0344 1000 is the telephone number. And I'm, we may get no phone calls, but I'm happy to sit here until... How long do we give it? Until 11? I'm happy to sit here until 11. And if, if by 11 we've not had a phone call from someone who's watched The Guest, then, OK, fair play, we'll move on. I'm, 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 I'm happy to do that. Because... I can't believe I'm the only one that's watched this film. Let, let me tell you what it's about, right? So it's about this American family. Mom, dad, son, hot daughter. I think she's legal. And their son died in an unnamed American conflict. Right? He was in the military. And then this guy who claims to be a friend of their son's, rocks up at the house and kind of moves in with them. Right? So far, so good. Right? And there's like, when he turns up, there's like spooky music. You think, oh, this guy's going to get a bit of a psychopath. And then things kind of start happening. Like he has sex with a hot girl. Remember that bit? And he... Um, he kills the dad's boss, so the dad gets the boss's job. That happens. And he goes, there's a really weird bit where the boy, the child, he's got to be, what, 15, 14, 15, is getting bullied at school. So what the guest does is he goes and beats the crap out of the kids that are bullying him. But actually, like, really, it's a really nasty beating that he does. And he he kicks these kids in. And I'm watching it and thinking, this is really... This is, this is rubbish. This is thoroughly unpleasant. Guys, there could be 45 minutes of me talking to myself about a film that no one has seen. Right? I am prepared 
to do that. It gets like 7.6 on IMDb. And I trust IMDb. And all of the um, user reviews give it like 8 and 9 out of 10. <laughs> and, which is why I think, why I think maybe, just maybe, a fuse has blown in my head or maybe my depression is manifesting itself in a way that I don't appreciate art and 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 beauty and storytelling like I used to do maybe that's it so unless you want to hear me talking about this on my own for another 45 minutes which I'm quite happy to do 0344 499 1000 I'm Ian Lee tonight we're talking about the movie The Guest this is Talk Radio Late Night Conversation Worth Losing Sleep Over Ian Lee On Air and Off the Leash On Talk Radio We have ways of making you talk Well Angela has emailed in If you go to talkradio.co.uk you can um, send me an email Can't stand America films They carp Prefer radio and books Well hang on a minute She means crap I think, unless, you know, fish. You can't stand America films they carp? What the hell is- Angela, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. America films are the best. I, all right, and the Spaniards have done some good films, the Japanese have done some brilliant films, the Hong Kong people have done some great films, right? They've all done great films, yeah? But the America films... There's more of them, and they're better. German Land was really neat. Um, America, America does the best films. What are you talking about? Um, Roger's never called before. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Roger. I know, I've just seen your tweet. I'm going to destroy you. you destroy me. I'm no, destroy, you're not. No, I'm going to destroy not, you. Have you seen The Guest? Yeah, I've got to be honest. I'm sure I'm going to get a strong. Uh, when I turn my phone on after the show, I'll have a strong message from my um, uh, uh, the boss, Denny, saying, "Here, Ian, what are you doing? It's a new radio station, and we haven't got many callers. And you're doing your first hour about film. No one's seen. What are you doing?" <laughs> and I say, "Calm down, son. Calm down." Roger, have you seen the guest? Yes, I have seen the guest. Is it? Is, is it rubbish? No. Oh, this is it's what I was thinking. Brilliant. Tell me what about it is brilliant, because I saw, uh, what I saw was a really lazy, badly done film with incoherent plot, completely inconsistent storyline that looked like a, 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 it had been made in 1986. That's why it's brilliant. Oh, flipping heck. I agree with Angela, America films are carp. <laughs> it's just so over the top, it's like... Uh... If the Taken films were crossed with something like but, Universal Soldier and made in the eighties, but what was he? What was he like? He was a was he a super? Was he an interdimensional soldier? I I think he was meant to be a resurrected. You know, like, you know, like in Universal Soldier when they resurrect the dead, the dead soldier. <laughs> Where did you get that? Like that? Where did you get that from? He'd been resurrected. 
That, 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 that. <laughs> Where did you get that from? This is what I'm talking about. Where, what part of the film oh. gave you an indication that he'd been resurrected from the dead? Oh, God. Like Universal Soldier and Christ. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it, to be honest, but... Hang on a minute, let's bring John into the conversation. John, have you seen The Guest? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any good? <laughs> Um, well, I don't agree with you entirely. I think it actually started off rather well. Yeah, it started off quite well when he went into the house. Yeah, and because I thought, I like films, I, I'm a horror film man, as you probably know, but I like films <laughs> which sort of throw you into confusion. You think, what's happening here? You know, yes. it's, it's vaguely threatening. Um, now, can I just say one thing? It's we're, we're, Our listeners are in, in luck here, because oh. um, it's on film for... Tomorrow is at, it at nine o'clock? You can watch it again, Ian. Ah! <laughs> I don't know if they are in luck because this is going to be a really dull hour for some people. So, all right, so it's on tomorrow night on Film Four, so they can tape it mm. and watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. let me know, please. Tweet me hashtag, um, is that, yeah, hashtag the guest, mm. and let me know. I'll tell you what I think about it. It's um, it kept me interested for about the first half. Yeah. Oh, is this, should there be a spoiler alert coming up? Oh, here? screw those losers! They should have seen it by now. <laughs> I thought it completely fizzled out second half. What was and the bit I... when they they get they? What was the bit where they're they're in the school? Right. Mm. This is the most niche show I've ever done. They're in the school, but the school's done out because it's a Halloween party. So there's like a maze oh, in the school. What the hell was that about? To add to the confusion and the excitement, it's, it seemed very, very contrived to me, if you don't mind me saying, sir. Did you, did you, John, like Roger, think that the guest had been resurrected from the dead? No, you see, when you said that, I was wide when I heard you say that, because I was thinking, now, where exactly did he come from? I'm not sure they fully explain that. They were specially trained yes. to sort of pursue whatever goal they were given. Yeah. And he said, he did make the point that they have to, if they see anybody as a threat, yes. they have to get rid of them immediately, and that's what made him so dangerous. How come, right? It, Roger, this is to you, right? So the yeah. guest is like a super soldier, may or may yeah. not have been resurrected from the dead. We don't know, right? Yeah. But as John says, if, anyone, if, if he perceives anyone as a threat, he has to kill them instantly, right? How yeah. come? He kills the mum and the dad. Easy. Of course he does. They're not military trained. He kills, um, there's, there's, when that, when, um, the black guy who's in Lost and Fringe comes out with, he's got like six mercenaries and one's obviously Taliban, one's KGB and all that. He kills all of them instantly. Just kills them outright, easily. Yeah. He can't kill a 14 year old boy and uh, <laughs> his hot 17 year old sister. He can't kill them. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah, because it's a daft film. Oh! It's deliberately daft. Oh! The girl was good, though. The girl was good in it, she because was she was up. the only person who knew something weird was going on, wasn't she? All right, yeah. then. All right, then, John. Hang on a second. If he has to kill everyone who he perceives as a threat, he knew really early on that she knew that he wasn't what he said he was, <laughs> so why didn't he kill her straight away? You're just exposing flaws. But, but I'm just looking at the... Um, I looked when, when I saw it was on, I, I thought... I was intrigued, and I, and I read there's a, a sh very short preview yes. in What's on TV. Yes. Dan Stevens rips his cosy downtown 
Downton Abbey image to shreds oh. with a mesmerising performance as a cold-blooded killer yeah. who comes to say with a grieving New York, New sorry, with a grieving New Mexi- Mexico family. But that sounds good. Wait, wait for it, nearly oh. there. In this tense, oh. explosively exciting no. and darkly comic psychological thriller. Where was the comedy? Yeah, yeah, what a comedy. Where, where was the comedy, Roger? Where was the comedy, Roger? Roger, where was the comedy? I, I I just must be a sick puppy because I thought it was I thought it was funny. Tell me one bit. I love the way we're all ganging up on Roger. Sorry, Roger. <laughs> First time he's Come ever on, called, Roger, he's never called. He's never calling again. Tell me one. Tell me one funny bit that happened in that film. Oh God, the whole thing. The whole thing's just it's it's just so over the top. You Hang can't a minute. Take it serious. Hang you a minute. can't take it seriously. Sam. Hi. Hey Sam, have you <clears> seen <throat> the guest? Yeah, three Did you... times. I, Sorry, I love it. I've seen it three times. What the guest? Three times. Yeah, the guest. <laughs> you know, which was the most enjoyable? First, second, or third? The third. You know, Sam. There are other films. Yeah, I know. Oh, you know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you do you keep seeing things every time you watch it? Do you see things that you missed the first time? No, but I've been I've been revising now for the the phone call. Oh, and yeah. apparently uh they cut out twenty minutes worth of scenes Thank which explained God. sort of uh what uh. why he is and what happened to him. So they cut out the bit that explains what he is? Yeah, they wanted to keep it more mysterious. But it wasn't mysterious well okay right, Sam. Let's let's the first question is, is he resurrected from the dead? Uh no. Thank no, you, Roger. <laughs> You've been shot down in flames. <laughs> yep. He, uh, he's the K- KBG do experiments the on him. The KBG! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! So, so they wanted to leave it ambiguous, so they cut the film what that, what they that, just, by test screeners. This is what I hate, right? When they say ambiguous, what they mean is they don't know how to make a film. I once saw um, a film that had been directed by, um, Tim Roth, I think. And it was quite harrowing. It's about child abuse. Oh, and right. the ending, right, it just ended. And it was a Q&A. And someone said, so, um, Tim, what happens? What, what, what's, what's the ending? He said, oh, I'd like to leave that up to you, the viewer, to decide. Well, no, mate, that's not your... That's, that's not my job. Your job, as the director, is to tell me the ending. Don't leave me going, oh, I wonder if he got away, or I wonder if they could... Tell... It's a story. Tell me... The ending. And Sam, the, whatever loser made this film <laughs> should have made it clear who the KBG are. Um, yeah. Okay. Sam, <laughs> I ask a question? This, is that yeah, John? Sure. Um, this is John. Yes. I, I just wondered if, um, when you say you watched it three times... Um, I think I watched it twice in a week because I really <laughs> liked it and I went back after like a year. What, no, Sam, I, how old are you? 22? I've got a soundtrack as well. I've just found that out. You don't watch it? Yeah, I've got a, there's a spot. I made, I've just looked it up. I've made, I made a Spotify playlist of the soundtrack in January 2015. So Sam, are you, Sam, how old are you? 22? At 28. 20. I was a little bit out there. Because ah. I, re- I remember, right, do you remember when you were like 15 and you'd rent a video from um, the post office? Yeah. And um, uh, you won't remember this, Sam, because you're a but John and Roger are old men like me. And you'd watch it. You, you'd, you'd watch it that night because your mate was staying over. 
And you'd watch it that night, be like um, Bill and Ted or something. Um, and and then the next morning, if it was school holiday, you'd watch it again in the morning while you had your breakfast. Get your money's worth. Yeah, get your money's worth. You'd watch it twice. Yeah. Did you see, um, Sam, did you see much or any humour in it? Uh, well, it's the whole over-the-top nature and sort yeah. of deliberate cheese. Yeah. And I found it funny, yeah. I remember yeah, when I, that, I, I laughed. I'll tell you what right. made me laugh, and I'm not proud of this. When he started to do the bit where he just sort of snapped beeps, started snapping anybody who got in his way into half, and it was so efficient mm. and to the point, that made me snigger. I, I like... <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Go, go on, Sam, what were you going to say? I just... Towards the end, it started to get a bit... Like when he killed, I didn't like it when he killed the mum. Oh, I like now. You oh, talk. Yeah. I like that bit when he killed the mum. Did he stab her in the? He stabbed her in the her. in the stomach. Yeah, very hard. I liked man. it when he killed the mum and when he killed the hot um, a- Asian girl in the restaurant. I like that bit. That bit was good. <laughs> yes, those, was good. That, that, that bit that was now. good. That bit was good. And those two bits <laughs> were good, but the rest of it, I thought was utter pony. Um, but basically, you're all saying it's all right, and that I, I'm wrong. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. No, nah, I wouldn't say you're wrong. Everybody's entitled. Hang on, is that Roger? Yes, that's Roger, right. you just were saying it was one of the greatest films you've ever seen. <laughs> now you're backtracking. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, I thought that, I have to say, the very end bit, do you know where he, where the, the person, he walked off with this thing over his head? He escapes as a fireman. That, I found that a little yeah. bit clichéd. Yeah. Oh, that, that's the only bit you found clichéd, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just the bit where he, where he escapes as a fireman at the end. I've seen that in a cliched, isn't it? It's a homage. The whole film was a cliché. Yeah, but that's what, yeah, that's that's what we're going, going for. No, that's yeah. what we're going for. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, um, that's the end of... Um, uh, the guest discussion. Thanks very much, that gentlemen. Ring? No, that's that, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, John. You've been very good sports. I appreciate your input. Pleasure. Cheers. Thank you very much indeed. I had to. <laughs> I know. You talk about niche openings to a show, a film that hardly any... Well, you can watch it tomorrow night at nine o'clock, but you know he escapes as... Um, as a fireman at the end. Right, onwards and upwards, dear listener. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, you can call in about any old thing you want. But I tell you what I do want to know. Where do you stand on goatees? Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I am trying to get... David Cassidy on the show. Now, when I say trying, I sent him a tweet. <laughs> He's joined Twitter. He's got 76 followers. I'm more popular than David Cassidy. Um, I'm really trying to get David Cassidy on the show. I would, I would love to have a chat with David Cassidy because I think he's brilliant. Genuinely, the first four solo albums he did, um, as, while he was still in the Partridge family, it's a very confusing career. He'd release records with the Partridge family, then go and release solo records. Uh, the first four solo records are absolute pop gems. And I wonder, he did an album, I think it may be his fourth or fifth one, which is a concept album. Get this right. It's a concept album about how fleeting the fame of a pop star is. 
It's brilliant. Called the harder, the higher they climb, the harder they fall. It's absolutely brilliant, and it's a very prophetic cover because the front is him as a like a rock star, kind of flying off into space, and the back of it is him lying in the gutter with an empty whiskey bottle. Very prophetic. So I'm really, really trying to um, to get David Cassidy on the show because I think he'd be fascinating. I also wonder if he's off if he's off the wagon because he's had his his demons and um, there's a really interesting clip on YouTube of him shouting at someone in the audience. And what's interesting about that clip? I wonder if I can find it on here. What's interesting um, about that? It, I mean, it's a really mean bit of footage, right? Really mean bit of footage. Now I'm about to play it. He won't come on. Um, Hang on, David Cassidy berates. Let's have a look. David Cassidy berates. Um, here we go. Listen to this. This is David Cassidy in concert, right? And there's there's um, there's someone in the audience is shining a light on him, right, from the phone, from a camera phone, right? So have a little listen. To, oh, I've got to wait for, for an advert. Oh man, I love. Um, and 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 people, loads of people have have jumped to his defence, and I do find defending celebrities bad behavior i find a really interesting um phenomenon peter talk of the monkeys often not often there have been famous occasions when he shouted i saw him shout at a friend of mine because he asked for an autograph here we go listen to this here we go would you please turn that light out or be removed from the theater turn that light out it's blinding me i have had five eye surgeries are you that insensitive? Are you that stupid or deaf? Turn it out. Please have an usher remove this person. Get them to turn it off or else I'm not going on anymore. I can't take it. I'm blinded already by the... <sighs> it really is. As that's in the middle of... A concert. And he does sound slurry. In all of his recent interviews and things, he sounded slurry. And he looks awful, you know, not just because he's ageing. And I really wonder what the hell is going on with David Cassidy. Um, <laughs> again, really keeping it current. I've got my... I know what you kids want. What the hell is going wrong with David Cassidy, huh? Call me with your thoughts now, girls. Um, but I genuinely think he's brilliant. I genuinely... Th- and this isn't me, you know, there is no tongue-in-cheek. There is no irony. There is no... Um, uh, 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 I'm not winking at the camera. I genuinely think David Cassidy is brilliant. I'll tell you what we'll do tonight. I'll play a few David Cassidy songs to highlight that I think he's a brilliant pop star. No, he's not. He's not the Beatles. Um, although he used to hang out with John Lennon. That's weird. He's not, you know, he's, 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 he's a pop star. But he's a bloody good pop star. And I'd love to just kind of get in there and find out what's going on. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. Alan. Hey, baby. What kind of cake? Drizzle. Just drizzle. Just drizzle cake. Because the Simpsons have got it right. You what? You know the Simpsons? Yes. Oh, God, yes. They got it right. Well, no, they didn't. They made a prediction in 2000. No, they didn't. That Donald Trump was No, they didn't. They didn't. 
Why not? But they didn't, though. They did a sketch that portrayed Trump as president, and now Trump is, is the president-elect. But that, it, it, they didn't, it wasn't a prediction. It wasn't Matt Groening and all of those dudes going, OK, guys, let's link hands. Who's anyone getting any images? What, you think Trump's going to be president? Right, let's, let's... They just did it as a silly skit. And by coincidence, it happened. Really? Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, Alan. Here's my prediction. You want my prediction? Go on. Trump isn't president yet, right? Not to inauguration day, January next year. January the 20th. Here's my prediction. Clip this, guys, clip this. Trump will not become president. Oh, tell me more. I think he's going to die. Assassination? Well, no, not necessarily assassination, um, but possibly a suicide bomber, possibly a heart attack. Someone suggested on Twitter prostate cancer. It's positive. I genuinely think he's going to die, or he's going to quit before he gets there because the panic's going to set him, or he's um, going to go to prison. Because now, of what happened with the ladies. Here's an, here's an interesting question because have I got this right? I, I, I need your brains here, guys. You can't... I'm sure I've got this right. Hang on, I'm going to get my thoughts right. Hang on. You can't press charges against the President of the United States, I think. No, you can't, because no, because, because no charges were pressed against Nixon while he was President of the United States. What about Bill Clinton and the whole Michael Lewinsky thing? Well, yeah, but no, no, no charges were pressed. Well, what, I mean, something was pressed up against her, but there were no charges pressed, right? You can't press charges against the president. You have to impeach them. I don't really know what impeachment means, but but he the has got... Clinton, they failed. He has got... Now, next month, there is a civil case against him for um, alleged sex... With a girl under the age of consent. Now, does that case... I, I can't believe I'm asking you, Alan. You don't even know what day it is. It's Thursday. OK, fair play. Well, maybe you will know the answer to this then. So the, the, the civil case that I think was in November for, against uh, um, Trump for having sex with an underage girl, I think she was 13, in this, you know, alleged thing. Can that case... If he was president, that case couldn't go ahead. As he's president-elect, can that case go ahead? I wouldn't do a 50-50 split. I think that's... Anyway, make your own jokes. Um, I, again, I'm probably asking the wrong person, Alan, and I realise that. And Let's I, throw it out there. Let's throw it out there. There'll be some American legal eagles out there. Maybe we could... Is, is Clive Ball still doing the legal hour? Can we phone up and speak to Daniel Barnett on the legal hour? Is that allowed if we phone up another radio station and ask them about a technicality in American law? Can we do that? Probably not. Probably not. Be good. Well, Alan, why don't you give them a call and let me know the answer? I don't know the LBC's number. OK, thanks very much indeed for calling. Oh wait, for, uh, oh, th- oh, 0344-499-1000 is our number. Cost you pennies, may even be free. We call you back. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, I wonder. I, it was like, wasn't it November the, the, the... No, it was this month, November the 20th or something. Oh, the case with the 13-year-old has been dropped. Oh, oh, I see. When... I don't think Trump's going to be president. I think he'll die. Um, but when Trump dies, right, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, there's going to be some stories, aren't there? Aren't there? There's going to be some great stories. Um, and... Uh, you know what? He'll be all right as president. This is Talk Radio. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. David Cassidy is perhaps one of the greatest pop stars of all time. Let me take him to the bed. I want to play you a song. Right, listen to this song. Right, it's a little bit fay and it's a little bit limp, but it's two minutes fifty-four of pop. Perfection. Have a listen to this. Oh, hang on. I'm not, oh, I'm not going to think plugged in. There we go. Let's try again. Hang on a second. Here we go. Have a listen to this. I can't sleep tonight. I found someone. You smiled at me. You were free and I was alone Would we meet again? You need have asked I'll wait for you at dawn If this night Teenage girl, and he's singing that, but the 
clock hands refuse to move. It must be daylight soon. Where is the morning? We all know what that feels like. I love it. David Cassidy is at the unsung, forgotten pop mastermind of the early 70s. He's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Am I right, Charlotte? You are absolutely damn right. He's brilliant, isn't he? Shame. He is fantastic. I saw him live a few years back, and it was brilliant. It's a shame. Where did you Where did you see him live, Charlotte? Birmingham. Oh, I I saw him at the Hammersmith Odeon. Oh, right. No, I know. But the thing, what I'm trying to say is, he's up because. I, I grew up listening to the monkeys, Charlotte, right? And I, people would take the mickey out of that and all of that. So I've got none of that musical snobbery now. If it's good music, yeah. it's good music. I don't care who did it. And I just think oh, that wonderful. he's he's been he's been overlooked. He has. He has. All you hear is negativity about him. Yep. And my children are all adults now because I'm 52. Oh, blimey. And, and they get fed up with me playing David Cassidy and they they all cringe. But I, I, love, I still love him. What's interesting as well life. is he's worked with the Beach Boys. They did yeah. backing vocals on um, his cover of Darling, I think it was. He's worked with um, the Turtles. He um, he was the first person to record a version of I Write the Songs. He did it before Barry Manilow. He did, yes. Yeah. He's also done a version of Hush. Yes. He's, uh, uh, and it is... You know, we all we all like to watch a car crash, Charlotte. You know, this is why the, the oh, rubberneckers when when the, you, when you're driving on the motorway and it's, you're stuck in traffic, it's because everybody's looking at the car crash on the other side of the road, and we all think, "Well, I won't look." Oh God, blimey! Look at the state of that. I wonder if they got out alive. And it, 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 sadly, um, his life, his public life, has been a little bit of a car crash the last couple of years with the divorce and with the bankruptcy and with um, he's been done for drink driving a couple of times, and it is. Um, and the shouting thing mm. and the, the interview with Eamon Holmes on this morning where I thought, I like Eamon, but I thought Eamon was a little bit mean-spirited. Um, he was, yes, he was. Um, and it, it, I, I, I just want to grab David... <laughs> I'm a 43-year-old man. I just want to grab David Cassidy and give him a slap and say, look, if you're drinking, stop drinking. You're really good and really talented and people love you. Stop doing what you're doing, man. That's right, that's right, because without it, he, he, he's great. Yeah. Oh, I loved him since 1974, oh. and I always will. Oh, look at you. Did you go and see, did you go and see him um, when, he, when, he, when he came over here in the 70s? No, no, because I was just a whippersnapper then. But, oh, my days. When I did see him a few years ago, I embarrassed everybody by standing on the seat screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but that, and you know what? That's brilliant. That's what pop music should be. And he looked, and he looked over and waved. <laughs> oh, lucky, my God. You're lucky, you're lucky he didn't tell you to shut up and sit down. I mean, uh, uh, judging from some of his recent outbursts. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good day. <laughs> uh, and I, I know... I know some people that organised an event a couple of years ago in the States, and David Cassidy was, was booked as a speaker there. And um, I've heard he can be quite difficult to work with. And uh, um, it, it, out of all the acts that they had at this event, he was um, he was actually a bit of a pain in the ass. And um, mm. and this, I mean, this was like three or four years ago, so it was it was way past the glory days. And again, you, I just want you just feel you want someone to take him aside. I said, David, you don't need to need to act like that. You, you don't need to. You've got these wonderful what? songs. Go out and play them. Well, I'd sort him out. So, no, steady on. 
Charlotte, for goodness sakes. Uh, I would give him a good slap. Oh, yeah. Over the bar. Have him sorted out. Then I come on, David. Get your act together. <laughs> and make love to me, David. Make love to me all night and all day. Fantastic. Thank you, Charlotte. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> My children, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're a good sport. Thank you, Charlotte. You're very Take well. care. Bye bye. <laughs> that bit. Flipping heck. We um that was all that was all woman there. You what you heard was all woman. <laughs> yeah. I'll play it. I, 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 I'm aware that this is a speech based station, but I was thinking about this today, right? That I start most hours with a song. And I was kind of thinking I was kind of thinking, why do I do that? And when we are a speech based station. But I I think it adds, it adds a bit of colour to the show. Do you know what I mean? It adds, um, it adds, it adds something. It adds a bit of texture, a bit of colour. I'm not quite sure what, but I think by playing music, just one song an hour, maybe two songs, I think it just kind of lifts things. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I've, dis- I've disappeared up my own uh, fundament there, Al. Oh, Ian, yeah, hi. Hey, Al, what you got? Yeah, um, not, not a David Cassidy fan, I've got to say. Never really, mind. Uh, I don't think he's the, un- the forgotten pop genius that uh, you're... Oh, you wait, you wait till I play you, play you an album track later on that wasn't a hit. Beautiful. But who's his, who's his writing to? Who's his producers? Who, who was he working with to, to get this? He was working with, well, interestingly, he was working um, with Screen Gems, which was the same company that made The Monkees. Um, ah, so he had some of the, some of the same songwriters. Uh... Yeah. You're you're co- you're a cognizant. You're a yes, connoisseur well, of the monkeys. I am so. a connoisseur of the monkeys. You wait. I'll play. I'm going to play you a couple of album songs, album tracks later on that weren't hits because the hits are the Cherish and um, Could It Be Forever and Daydreamer. Yeah, you know they're kind of cool, but um, the, 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 some of the album tracks are just beautiful little pop, two and a half minute pop gems. Well, what about you? Do you think he's got a good voice then, Cassidy? Is he, I find it a little bit too breathy. Yeah, I, I, I find he does. He, he, he relies on the breathy bit a bit too much. But when he doesn't, when he holds back from the breathiness, yeah, I think he's got a nice voice. He's yeah. tiny. He's only um, like five foot four, I think. Is he? Yeah, he's wee wee fella. Ah, so he's uh, yeah. I mean, it, what, what you were talking about him earlier about his his problems now was making me think of. Uh, do, you, do you remember the guy called Leaf Garrett that was a. Uh, have you heard of Leif Garrett? Why do I know that name? Who was he? Leif Garrett, he was... Well, you were talking about David Cassidy being a car crash uh, kind of um, yeah. situation. But Leif Garrett, actually, his career was... He's, he literally had a car crash in the last... Uh, that kind of knocked his career off. But he had a, he had a music career. He was, he was a child actor as well. And I was just thinking... You know, when you were talking about Cassidy, I was thinking, oh, I'm getting com- confused with Leif Garrett here. Who is... But what was Leif Garrett in? Uh, what was he in? I'm looking now. He was, he was in... Um, <laughs> Uh, he, he was in, um, what was he in? You're not thinking of that, um, the, the guy that was in HR Puff and stuff? I think he might have Mark been. Lester. He was in, uh, who, oh no, what, Jack, Jack Lester, the Jack, one that was in, um, Jack Lester, oh, and Oliver. Oliver, no, not Jack Lester, no, no, he, he had a sad life as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. He, he, um, he, uh, the, uh, he, he got the drink, got the better of him. No, yeah. Leif Garrett, he was... He, he was in. He was in the Outsiders. I think that's where I know him from because I used to read the Outsiders as a kid. I don't yeah, know the Outsiders. Oh, Francis Ford Coppola. Do you know that? No. You don't know. Oh, I'll have to, I know. I'll, I might have to check that out. Anyway, that all of that was uh, child money. stars. Child stars. Child stars. And so on. But I, I was just kind of ringing up about your um, 
about your your kind of uh, beliefs about what's going to happen to Trump, really. Yes, yeah, go on. Now, you're, you're thinking he's going to... He's not going to become president? I think he's going to die before... Um, I, I don't think he'll be president. I personally think he's going to die before January the 20th, but I, uh, but I, I, I know he will not become president. Uh, this is, you kind of feel it in your water. Oh, I, I'm feeling the vibes, the very strong vibes on this one, Al. Uh, the, the kind of thing I was thinking about this is, is, is just the real shock of the election and the fact yeah. that the polls got it so wrong mm. that, you know, for... For months, and well, it's been going on for a year, really, this campaign, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, this whole build-up to it. And people were saying, no, he can't win, and uh, the pollsters were putting him far behind Hillary. Well, and I, so think, I think we've learnt from um, the general election, Brexit, and um, the American election, exactly. pollsters, pollsters can go and kiss it. We don't need those guys anymore. Now, I, it, well, this is what I'm... This is kind of the point I'm building to, actually, because Brexit was exactly the same. People yeah. were saying, well, you know, there's not really a chance. And, yeah. and the thing, you know, I'm not much of a gambling man, but I was looking at the bookies on this and saying, well, the bookies are not putting it, you know, uh, the odds on Brexit being a success and so on. But uh, kind of wondering how the two shock results have come out like that and looking at who it benefits and looking at how now the Russians... Have basically, oh. I, know, I don't want to go all kind of conspiracy. We've only got theory, 30 seconds, but are you suggesting the Russians yeah. are behind Brexit and Trump? Because that I'm, doesn't I'm, sound I'm that far fetched. The Russians in the last few years have uh, been working on what's called psychotronic weapons that can basically influence. Whoa! Uh, Al, you're coming back after the news, is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Boom! That's fine. Boom! Just saved the, himself in the last 15 seconds. Psychotropic weapons? I'm in. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Talk Radio. Psychotop... I can't even say it, I'm so excited. Psychotropic weapons invented by the Russians that have influenced the way we vote in Brexit and Trump. I'm in, baby. This is late night radio, unlike any other late night radio. Also, I'm going to prove to you that David Cassidy is a pop genius. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> what show is Gideon listening to? <laughs> Gideon is Gideon. Gideon, switch your radio off. You're not bright enough to use the radio. You a nasty, sad man. There's not much punctuation, so I'll add some. You are not. He's emailed by going to talkradio.co.uk. You a nasty, sad man should besmirch a true golden heartthrob whose stardust has spanned the decades. What was that? Oh, thank you. If you are upset by David's fabulous presence and persona, fine. But why snipe and hate? You are symptomatic of a wider social malady. Your alleged depression is by your own grasping hand. <laughs> I'm saying, I think David Cassidy's brilliant. You utter lunatic. <laughs> oh, Gideon, you Gideon, you don't know how to work computer properly. Brilliant stuff there. Ow! 
Ian, hi. Yes, he's right. So listen, before the break, we're about to, we're wrapping up, and then you drop the bomb, Shell, that yeah. you believe that... The non-lethal uh, bomb, yeah. The non-lethal bomb. That the, 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 our voting has been influenced in, in, in Brexit and in Trump, the Trump election, um, by Russia's psychotropic weapons. What the hell are you... Psychotronic. I should correct you on that. It's not psychotropic, it's psychotronic, Psych- as in electronic. Psychotropic, of course, would be psychedelic. Okay, fine. Yeah, Thank you very much Psychotronic weapons. Well... They were such, you know, they were such, as I said earlier, they were such kind of um, um, alarming results that that no one predicted and and seemed to change at the very last minute. I mean, of course, there are many sort of kind of human reasons for that and hidden voters who say one thing to pollsters and vote in a different way. But the Russians have for very, very many years looked at what's called remote influencing, which is trying to influence politicians' behaviour remotely. Remotely, yeah, using, you know, what we might call a load of voodoo, but, but psychic, psychic powers, ESP. Yeah, exactly, and they put uh, thousands and thousands of rubles into it in in the Cold War. But they, in in more recent years, they've been researching these psychotronic weapons, which kind of use ele- electro electromagnetic pulses and. Um, yeah. And they call it the zombie gun, or the Daily Mail did a report. Is it like the? Um... Um, the brown noise machine that the German police have, where they fire it at rioters oh, and it yeah, makes them and dump... Re- and then you suddenly defecate yeah. and you're out of the action. Uh, that's part of it. It's all right. non-lethal weaponry. Yeah, um, yeah, that is, that is similar to it. Okay. In fact, someone, uh, someone the other day was telling me a, a, a record label released a, a brown noise record, <sighs> uh, a, a few years ago. And, Did they? Uh, yeah, and apparently the grooves on the LP it was on the vinyl only, and the, the the grooves were like really, really far apart, and you drop the needle on, and then you had to uh, leave the room and go to the bathroom. So, wow, yeah. can, where can yeah. you get that from? Because I, I want that record. About it. I said I, I'd love to get a copy of it, but uh, you know, maybe an MP3 might be better. And well, if, would it work in MP3? Because you lose the top, you lose, you lose the top of the bottom, don't you? don't you? You lose a lot of frequency. I mean, you lose your bottom if you're listening to the record, <laughs> but you, 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 you just get the middle. So maybe it needs to be vinyl. Yeah, I think it comes with a free pack of modium. So you wow. know, uh, you just uh, why would they? Why would a record company release a record that makes you shit yourself? <laughs> I, I wonder why. Uh, I don't know. You'd, you'd have to ask. Uh, you know, I mean. George Simon Martin. Cowell probably got the... Uh, Simon Cowell, <laughs> of course, yes. yes. It's, it's, it's the X Factor Christmas record, of course. It makes you vomit rather yes. than shit yourself. But, okay. um, no, but seriously, these these Russian weapons are um, something they've put an enormous amount of research into, an enormous amount of money, um, and they are saying that they're more going to be more profitable to them or more strategically important to them than nuclear weapons in, in the near future. So... But I, how did it work in the case of the the American election? How what they they influenced fifty nine million Americans? Now that is a that is a very very uh, pertinent question. Obviously, I, I don't I don't know. No. You know, I mean, it, it was it's like saying are they directing some kind of something from aerials? Like you know, I mean, I mean the, the 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 name that constantly comes up in this kind of conspiracy sort of thing is Tesla. You know, Nikola Tesla the the old uh, inventor who was uh, the head of Tesla is. He invented electricity, didn't he? <laughs> he was. He invented. He invented something, power. and then it got stolen off him. Current. He was. He fought in the current wars between Edison and Tesla. There was alternating current and direct current, and he. He invented alternating current. So I was right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and he they, didn't he invent didn't he invent um, a way of of creating power that wouldn't would not generate any money for anybody. 
Ah, uh, he invented. He had a scheme where there was wireless electricity. Right. So right. you didn't have to have a wire. Yep. To. Uh, um, well, you know, to, to, to source electricity, you could actually transmit electricity uh, as we do Wi-Fi signals. You could you could beam electric wow. electrons from yeah. So we wouldn't need a wire. So our houses wouldn't need to be wired. So, but hang, so hang on a minute. Let's go back. Let's get, get focus a bit. So the the, the Russians have got. Um, I'm going to put this in stupid language because I'm an idiot. All right. Okay. So the Russians have got psychic super soldiers that can influence the entire nation of America. Well. Now, I'm not going to make claims that Come grandiose. On. Make a claim that grandiose, Al. You've, I don't know. I know from, from the, the study of parapsychology a little bit. Uh, well, I've only studied it, you know, a bit, but... Where, what university did you study it at? University of Edinburgh. Coastal Parapsychology Unit at the University of Edinburgh. Okay. Um, that they put an enormous amount of research into it during the Cold War because they thought, well, you know, if we can influence politicians' decisions, get them to stop, I don't know, directing their troops into Cuba, Vietnam, wherever, yeah. you know, we... But this is like, if you, you've read John Ronson's The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yeah, well, exactly. It's well, the same that's... thing about, you know, in the 70s, there were American soldiers who'd stare at goats and try and kill them, and there was a, an officer that would just, uh, random moments, would stand up and run into a wall thinking he could he could move his molecules so that he could pass yeah. through a wall. And they were yeah. obviously nuts. I think that was uh, a guy called General Stubblebine, Alfred Stubblebine, who, yeah. who thought that he, he could do that. Um, but the American program came out as a response to them discovering about the Russian Soviet program. They they only instigated all of that because they suddenly realised there was a what they call an intelligence gap. They 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 said, said oh Christ, you know the Russians have been doing this. Yeah. You know they might be doing nothing, but we've got to understand is it possible? And so the American program was a, a reaction. Rather than a proactive. So, what is the long, what's the long term game plan then of the Russian psychic super soldiers? What 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 we're all going to be controlled by Russia? I think that they. I think their their geopolitical strategy. Well, crikey, I'm, I'm getting very grandiose now. I think they definitely want to hive America off from from Europe and, and distance it so that Europe is on its own, so that oh uh, Europe Europe isn't backed up by NATO in such a strong program and that and that you know they're going to have a lot more sway against that but I mean these psychotronic weapons these zombie guns you know it sounds like the stuff of science fiction but it's a lot it's a lot more uh, subtle than dropping have they got a gay bomb (laughs) I heard about this there's a gay bomb isn't it that makes everyone go gay (laughs) is that what it does I, I there was some stories I don't know. There were some stories that the Israelis were trying to develop a weapon that could... I don't want to get contentious, actually, but the Israelis were trying to develop a weapon that could only target Palestinians at one point. Wow. Yeah, a genetic weapon. And genetic weapons are... You know, I mean, you think Please. a lot of our technology comes from military technology, so, yeah. you know, your iPod or your computer or something or whatever we get is a hand down from something your military was had 40 yeah. years ago, so... Yeah. But yeah, no, I just think uh, just so we might get up. we might get a brown noise gun to play with because <laughs> well, that would be fun. You know, I just think these results are just so uh, so strange and so well. against the grain. That hey, Al, is this the first time we've spoken? I don't recognise your voice. Yeah, first time. I, I've, I've, I've tweeted you. I've tweeted you. Actually, I was I was interested in the thing you were saying the other night about um, you were saying about the backronyms and things like that. I think I tweeted you about them. About the 
you know, the um, the acronyms that people... Oh, is it backronyms? Is that when they, yeah. they get the word first and then work backwards? Yeah. To... Oh, well, that's good, backronyms. isn't it? Backronyms. Oh, well, that's nice. I love that. Yeah. All right, nice one, Al. Well, thanks for yeah. calling in. Hopefully you'll call in again. I will, I will, I will. Ian, Ian great show, great show. Love Thank it. you very much. Bye-bye. There we go. Um, I mean, it sounded nuts, but I enjoyed that. I don't know. I don't... I don't know if, uh, if the Russians have got um, psychotronic weapons. A gay bomb? I don't know. Um, suddenly it's gone a little bit scary, isn't it? <laughs> suddenly it's a little bit scary. What if? What? What if? That's all true. What if the Russians are influencing the way that we think and the way that we vote? Or maybe you know. Everyone's just become a bit racist recently. I don't. That's another option. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Tris, Ty, uh, come to in a minute. The phones have been absolutely nuts this evening, and I appreciate that. If you're thinking of calling, now is an excellent time to call because the phones get a little bit quiet between sort of about quarter past twelve and, and about quarter. Uh, sorry, quarter past eleven and about a quarter to twelve. So they get a little bit quiet then. Um, so now will be an excellent time to give us a call. Oh, and later on, right, we've been teasing this. I'm going to play the interview that I did with Francis Rossi. Hold your horses. You know, we're talking about not being a musical snob, and I know a lot of you go, oh, Francis Rossi from The Quo. No, thanks. I urge you to listen. Do you remember when I interviewed Mike Love of the Beach Boys and John Lydon, Johnny Rotten? So many of you got in touch and said, oh, those interviews completely changed the way I thought about them, particularly with Mike Love. And, and loads of people said the John Lydon interview was delightful and what a charming, you know, kind of pantomime villain he was. And I've just got a feeling that the, that the Francis Rossi interview is going to significantly change the way that you, you think about him. Because, you know, the quo, they're a bit of a joke, right? But they've had more top 40 records than any other British act. I think any other act in the UK charts. 60, I think. Um, I, I found it absolutely fascinating. And I thought going in there, it was one of those days, a junket, where he's basically he's been in the studio for six hours doing live link-ups with BBC Norfolk and Radio 2 and all of these stuff. And we were the last one at, a very, at the end of a very long day for him. And uh, we told you, you've only got 15 minutes. That always puts me uh, on edge. You've only got 15 minutes. And uh, and the trick, here's a trick for you interviewers. If you're getting on quite well with the person and you've only got 15 minutes, um, at 14 minutes, ask a really long, detailed question that, that will give a, an involved answer. And if the if the if um, you're getting on with the person that you're interviewing, they will answer the question. Even if the, the person who's, who's timing it is, is tapping their watch. Four t- I remember doing that. I learned that trick when I was... Um, went to Los Angeles and I had to interview the cast of Lost and I had to interview who's the guy who's a bit of a knob um uh, the bloke who played Jack in Lost I can't remember his name is it funny it was so important at the time and um they were they said you've only got four minutes with him you've only got four minutes I think I've flown all this way for four minutes with him and so uh, as they were no maybe it was five minutes and they give you a signal when you've got a minute and when you got 30 seconds. And so when they got to the 30 seconds, I thought, right. And I asked a really dull question that I knew that this pompous actor would spend hours answering. And I said, um, what was it? It was something like, so, um, 
when you're acting <laughs> so when you're acting how difficult is it for you to get into character and what techniques do you use something like that matthew fox that was it really arrogant git and um and you could see the the pr woman's face just drop and she was sat behind him he couldn't see her and she's doing the wind up thing and he went on for about three or four minutes answering this really long, boring, pompous answer about this ridiculous question. Matthew Fox was a strange, um, a strange man. Another time I had to interview him on, in, in, on the set of Lost in Hawaii. And um, I was told by the makeup woman, they used to play a game called Matthew Wants. And if they had a new person, <laughs> come, a new runner come to work on the set, they'd say... Yeah, um, Matthew wants a Coke. Could you go and take him a Coke, please? And they go, oh, yeah, 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 sure. And the person, the new person would go and knock on Matthew Fox's trailer. He'd open the door. What do you want? Um, here's your Coke, Mr Fox. I don't want a Coke. I don't want anyone to disturb me. Get out of here. He's 50, is he? Well, 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 well. Maybe he's learnt some manners by now. Uh, there's a brilliant... <laughs> Why am I going off on a Matthew Fox run? There's a brilliant bit, and there's one of those terrible um, teen comedies. It's the one where um, the, the fat stoner boy gets a lady pregnant. Of course, she's having a baby or something. I don't know. And um, there's, a, there's a really funny gag in it that's only funny if you've ever met Matthew Fox. And she works for the... He, he's the, the fat stoner boy that he always is. And she works for, like, the E! Entertainment channel or something. And... Um, They've run out of conversation, and she says, well, don't you want to ask me about my job? She goes, he goes, yeah, yeah. Have you met Matthew Fox? Yeah, of course. Can you ask him why he's such a dick? And it sums him up perfectly, and it's such a tiny little joke that you'd only get if you'd ever met him. I'm rambling. I'll shut up. 0344 499 I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Tony Robinson's coming on our show as well. We'll do it better. We'll we'll do we'll do Tony Robinson better. We'll have him and we'll do him better. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Ty, Ian, hip hip hip. Oh, hip hip hip, mate. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are you are you a bit better than last week? I can't remember. How was I last week? Was I bad? Yeah, you weren't very happy. You were cancelling your your thing with Angela. Oh yeah, I did. I cancelled. I was supposed to be um, the, the 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 opening act for Barry yeah. and Angelos this Saturday, and I've I've, I've cancelled that, and I'm really sorry, and I feel bad because I've let them down. Yeah, um, that's all right. And I'm well. I'm here's the thing. I'm doing my show on Sunday, Ian Lee versus Radio, and I'm okay. doing one in Luton on this Sunday, and then one in St Albans. I think I've got the, the right way around on the twentieth, and um, it, it's a show that I did last year. And I'm really acutely aware that a lot of people that are coming will probably have seen the show before and have probably got the CD. So I'm kind of like adding loads of new bits. I'm trying to update it. And yeah. I'm, I'm worried now that what was, what had eventually became, by the, when, when I finished it uh, late last year, it was a honed... 90-minute roller coaster ride of laughs and tears and all kinds mm. of emotions. And mm. now I think it might be a little bit of a car crash. Why? Because um, I've not road-tested the new bits, and I've, I've, I've kind of had to, because I've put these new bits in, I've had to take a couple of bits out and jiggle a couple of bits around, and the kind of the smooth, the smooth flow of it 
I think, has gone. And also, I don't know if the new bits are particularly interesting. I think you just um, just turn up, like, uh, and, and sort of have the performance ring approach. Yeah, uh, it's, it's easy know? to do when you're only on stage for three minutes and you're going to get somebody else to come on. No, no, but I mean, what I mean is you're going to have uh, a friendly audience and a room full of love and people that are going to go there are going to want to see you and... Yeah. Um, you know, you'll 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 be sort of well well received. It's, it's it's funny doing doing this, um, and we're filming it on Sunday, by the way. But you know, we may put it out at some point. I don't know, but 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 it's it's moments like this, the build up to shows that I remember why I stopped doing live shows because I hate I hate it. I hate the um, the anxiety mm. before this is a, this is like th- four days before it and i'm a, i'm a nervous wreck and it'll be all right you know you've got a whole, whole sort of pit in your stomach thing going on um yeah yeah totally and i and um i'm i'm not well actually i say i'm not sleeping i slept until about 12 o'clock today so i'm sleeping i don't know it's a oh, we- it's it's a funny old time well but you're but you're feeling better in your, apart from the anxiety about the show are you feeling better in yourself than uh when I when I spoke to you last week, um, generally, no, I'm 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 faking it better. Oh, good. I'm faking it better. So that's you know okay. that's all right. Yeah, well, fake it till you make it, or yep. just you know just just fake it and sort of carry on, don't you? Exactly. Um, I highlights for me this week, Ian. Yes. Uh, as just touched on it with performance ring, I I loved it. Oh. And um, and then I really loved Hassan. Coming on your show, he was good, wasn't he? Uh, for those I who missed it, great. Hassan was a performer at Performance Ring, and um, he, he was kind of like doing. Let, let's sum it up in two words and completely demean his act. Funny poems, um, and yeah. uh, he was so good that we, we, we uh, and so slick that we we invited him. Catherine and I invited him to come into the studio, and he was brilliant. Yeah, I the, think he's absolutely brilliant. Word stuff. I loved him. I thought he was excellent. I mean, um, in a year, and... in a year, he's going to be he's going to be someone. I, I'm I'm sure of it. He's t- he's too talented not to be. He was very clever. What I thought was interesting when you got him in the studio was um, uh, I didn't realise when I saw him on performance ring. He sort of has been out performing and doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I thought he, I thought he just walked out of his living room onto. No, the stage. he's he's one of the ones, and and, and we're, we're trying to make it a nice mix. Performance ring of, of uh, people that have never done it before. And people that might have done it quite a few times, actually. And I'm not. I'm not averse to that at all. There's no. There's no rule that they've got to be amateurs. Mm. Um, the lineup for December the eleventh is someone had to pull out, and I was one act short. But I think we've got enough acts. We might have. And I need to check because he might. He said on Twitter he'd do it, but he might. We might have a guy called Thomas Walsh, who is a listener, so he counts. But he's in a, uh, he is uh, in a group called Pugwash. Now, Pugwash are flipping brilliant. And he lives in Ireland. And he might, if I can persuade him, he might come and do a couple of songs for us on Skype. Pugwash are brilliant. And Thomas Walsh is brilliant. If Thomas Walsh was in a spin-off group with um, Neil Hannon from the Divine Comedy, the L- Duckworth-Lewis method. Uh, and so people might know him from that. And he's also a brilliant, brilliant pop it's a real pop show tonight, which is good. He's, he's a brilliant pop singer-songwriter, and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, he might um, do a couple of songs well, on Skype. I'll be looking forward to... Uh, and, and I'm glad you scoped that, because uh, I live, you know, miles away, so I can't come. And um, so I'll be, looking, I'll be looking to tune in again for the next one. We're looking at doing one in Manchester at some point. It's just... Um, 
It's just finding a venue. If anyone knows of a venue in Manchester that is cheap or free, and is, I mean, it's a really niche request, and is available on, um, like, it's got to be like a Sunday night, really, uh, that holds 60 to 80 people, um, send me an email, ian at ianlee.com, because we'd love to go and, you know, we realise it's a little bit London-centric, and it'd be nice to, to, to try it out of London and see if, A, we could find enough acts, and, B, we could find an audience... That Is that how many up. people were at the London one? Um, in the London one, I think, in the end, we had about 100 in, including all the acts really? and stuff, yeah. I'm telling you, on, it's funny, obviously, on scope, you've got the camera, you know, you've got your phone up quite close. Yeah. But honestly, it just looked like someone's living room. It, well, really? Oh, it's good, 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 good. I'm, I'm glad it worked on, on Periscope. Oh, yeah, it did. I mean, we couldn't see the screen and everything, but the rest of no, it... No, that's the, that's, that's, that's the problem with the... Li- and by the way, final word on this, and then we'll crack on with your Apprentice update. If, any, if there are yeah. any acts listening... Um, we might still have one space for the Christmas show, but we've certainly got spaces for the, the show in February. Um, and it can be anything. Stand up, singing, that's great. And if you want to do that, that's brilliant. Mm. If you want to do something that's a little bit off the wall, maybe you've made a short film or you want to show us your holiday snaps or you, you've always fancied having to go at ventriloquism and you've never done it or... You know, we had a guy pushing a wheelbarrow. We've got a guy who's going to eat um, custard. And I think in February we've got some, some people that are going to come and play Conkers on stage. You can do literally anything. It's got to be between 8 and 12 minutes. The and wheelbarrow that's it. guys were good. Dredgeland, they were brilliant. They they um, uh, they came and interviewed me. Uh, John and uh, Andy, they came and interviewed me yesterday for a podcast yeah, they, they're putting out. They've done that before because that was a bit polished. <laughs> no, do, you know, no, do you know they haven't? They, they, do, really? po- they do podcasts... Um, they do a lot of podcasts. Um, look up Dredgeland. They've ne- I, I, and they, I think individually they've done stand up, but they've never right. done um, like a stupid, silly sketch oh. before uh, as a that duo. Worked, I, well, it worked really well. Yeah, didn't I it? They were really slick. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. Were they were great. Oh, they'll be pleased to hear that. Good. I'm sure they're listening. I'm, sh- I'm sure they're <laughs> if they're not, then they're, if they're not, then then up theirs. Anyway, Ty, yeah. um, we are looking for your apprentice update. What have you got? Apprentice update. So it was a fairly sort of bland week in terms of um, highlights, but I've got to get it straight out then. Did you watch any of it? I, I, do you know what I was? I was trying to. Put, I, I was so bored by the first few minutes that I started working on the show for Sunday. So, and I, I watched should, bits of it. It, it. it was a bit dull. Can I just say you did the right thing? It was. It wasn't the most exciting episode. It was fairly dull. So yeah. we've got some. First of all, I've got to get to it. Question of the week from the Dippy Baker. Are oh, you yeah. ready? Yeah, go on. Is Morocco in Turkey? Is Morocco in Turkey? I saw that bit. Utter, Bang. utter prunes. Beautiful. And the thing is, no one else could say, uh, no, it's not. They were just like, duh, is it? Anyway, so that's question of the week. Is Morocco in Turkey? It was fairly dull. It was all about this. They had to go and do an all-nighter. You knew that was coming on as soon as they said at the house. 30pm, they're all having a day off. Bang, you know they're going to get sort of thrown into a night shift. So they get thrown into a night shift. Um, and it was, you're right, it's fairly dull. It's around London, trying to buy stuff, getting the best prices, do your discount um, negotiation and stuff. So it felt the task wasn't that exciting. Karen this week was fantastic, especially in the boardroom. She was like a nunchucker, oh. but, but with her eyes and with her mouth. A nu- uh, hang, what, she was like a nunchucker with her eyes and with her mouth? Yeah, man, she was throwing out barbs with her eyes. They were beautiful, because <laughs> she's got a stare on her. She really has. Yeah. She's sort of taken over from Nick Hewer. She's got the look. 
And then she had a few sort of verbals as well, just to cut cut some people down. So she was a bit of a star this week. She was very good. Um, you had uh, the usual suspects. Uh, you knew. I'm going straight to the point, mate. You knew he was going within the first three minutes. As soon as they got together to choose PM and uh, and Ardman, they just kept cutting to her, not stepping up to be PM. Yeah. And after last week, she was like, look, I'm going to be PM. You're going to see how brilliant so she goes into the into into their room and they're saying, right, who's going to be PM? And they just kept cutting to her, sort of looking sheepish. You knew that she She went. I'll get straight to the point. She went. Boom. Um, and uh, so other highlights. Uh, Giza Paul, he had a pretty good show. He was bombing around East London, you know, because it's his manner and stuff. Uh, Ardman, I've got to tell you, mate, I've got to tell you, the thing that did it for her, she got on the phone. I don't know if you saw this, but she got on the phone. Um, she was trying to sort out, trying to find a tagine. Yeah. And black soap. When does it? When is it going to get interesting? When are they going to start doing some interesting stuff again? Well, it, uh, let me just tell you this quickly. She's going to find Tajina's soap. She calls up this kind of international supermarket an hour and a half away in Streatham. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She turns up. The guy takes her to a shelf with tahini Ooh. and soup. Ladies and gentlemen, Ty, excellent work as always. Thank you very much indeed. Um, oh, spoiler alert. Probably should have said that first. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. CJ! Because bu- busy on the phone. Lee and T- uh, Tris, I promise I'll get to you. The phones have, have been really busy tonight. CJ, sir, what have you got for us? Um, I was wondering if I could um, find you a place in Manchester to do this uh, film. Uh, sorry, a performance ring. I don't know. Can you find us a place in Manchester to do a performance well, ring? Well, um, in the summer, I did a event very similar to the performance ring. Um, oh. uh, yeah, we're working with loads of musicians and yeah. performers and magicians and, 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 and all sorts of different things. And I can get you a free venue easily, not a problem. What, 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 hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. What's the catch? Nothing. Hey. <laughs> Zero. Absolutely oh. nothing. Nothing at all. Um, all right then. Well, let us know. Well, hang on a minute. Let, well, send. Can, can we get? Can we, <laughs> this is suddenly big, big, too easy. I'm speechless. <laughs> I know, but it's it, it's. I do. I, I don't do it for for anything. I do it because I enjoy doing this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, what 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 venue? What have you got a venue in mind then? I, I've got a list, to be honest. And oh, baby, baby. The, the way we did it in in the summer. Yeah. Um, I just went up to these these places and went, "Hey, can we do our show here?" And they're yeah. like. Yeah, go on then. Why not? And we did, and it was a massive success. What was the, what was your show then? What did you do? Um, I basically stole um, Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically stole that, but we were more light-hearted with it and more. Well, I think I think he stole that from uh, Opportunity Knox. So, exactly, uh, which my know. old tutor used to work on. So there you go. There you go. You see, so it, basically, it's your idea. <laughs> imagine it, but um, imagine Britain's Got Talent, but yeah. the uh, the clientele was um, two hundred bikers. Oh bloody hell! Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was hectic. Brit- Britain's Got Motorbikes. Um, well, I tell you what, CJ. Yep. Could you send me an email? Have you got my email address? It's, it's Ian Lee at Ian Lee dot com. Incorrect data. It's Ian at Ian Lee dot com. Right. Okay. Right. That down. Send me send me an email, and we'll have a little chat, and um, we'll have, yeah, we'll see what we can sort out. That'll be really helpful, man. Thank Fantastic. you. I'd love to do this. Nice one, CJ. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, man. Smart speak to you later on. Cheers, Mrs. Right. Bye bye. What, what, what just happened there? Hang on a minute. The whole world is falling on its ass, 
and um, someone just did a nice thing. I don't understand it. I don't understand it, Tris. Hip, hip, hip. hip. Well, it's been a while. My hip, hip, hip was a little bit, um, a little bit off there, wasn't it? Well, these things happen. These things happen. Yeah, how you been? Um, you know, you know, up and yeah. up and down, up and down, f- swimming against the tide, but y- you know, still keeping my head above still water. Still swimming. Still, still swimming. swimming. Still swimming. Yeah. I phoned in um, to talk about the eels, but that seems like years ago now, doesn't it? No, I'm going to play. Do you know? I'm going to play that song in a bit, right? Um, the 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 th- was it things that you should tell your grandchildren because it's an ama- it's an amazing song. Oh, it had me in floods of tears, and I wonder if I can listen to it again without crying because it was um, it was absolutely brilliant. I know very little about um, Rupert Everett from the Eels. Mark, Mark, Mark thank you. Everett. That's it. Yeah. But I'm, I've just before the show, I started watching that documentary where he. His dad came up with the theory of parallel universes. That's right. Which yeah. is nuts. <laughs> um, so I'm just watching the documentary about, about that, and um, the, the, yeah, it's one of his tracks that that always sort of moves me. On uh, Hombro Lobo, the look you give that guy. Do you know that one? I don't know that one. I, well, the only, I know Blinking Lights album and um, uh, Eels with Strings, and that's it. Oh, Blinking Lights is brilliant, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's nine, nine years piecing that together or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, I've um, got something new in my life. Uh-oh. I have acquired... Uh-oh. A, se- a sexually new- transmitted disease. What well, do we call them now? Because it used to be like VD, and VD, then it was yeah. STDs, and now it's STIs. Now it's is it disease yeah. or an infection? What the hell is going on down there? I don't really know the difference, but I'm more than willing to find out. Thank you very much indeed. If, if you need the research. No, no, I've um, got myself a numbered white album. Hand stamp mono numbered white album. What, well, hang on a minute. What number is it? Well, um, it's zero nine oh four two five two. Thanks very much for calling, Trace. Bye-bye. Um, let's go to Lee. Yes, Lee. Good evening, boss. Good evening, boss. I thought my phone was going to die a battery, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 life. It's hard on the bus. We're getting we're getting loads of phone calls, which is brilliant. Oh, good. Brilliant. Good. Anyway, yes. Um, this might hit you from two angles. This one, because I know you like time travel movies. Oh, the gentleman that was talking about um, like space age weapons earlier. Yeah, well, not space age. They're current age weapons. Right, psychotronic sorry. weapons. Okay, un- I'll rephrase that as unusual kind of sci-fi-ish weapons. Well, it's not. Sci- it's not science fiction. Oh. These are real weapons. All right, all right. Anyway, do you remember the Biggles movie? The time-travelling Biggles I movie from nev- the 80s? I'm aware of it. I've seen the trailer, but I didn't watch the film itself, yes. The Germans had a very scary sound weapon that vaporised people when they blasted sound at them. Oh. Yeah, that was sci-fi, I'm afraid. That one's not real. Well, let, well thank God the Germans don't have such weapons, didn't have such weapons in, in World War Two. Well, exactly, because they were time-travelling, you see, so... You should watch that one. Put it on your time-travel list. I will. I, I, I will do. It's on there. It's a bit pants, but it's worth watching. Oh, well, don't, don't recommend... I've already watched... <laughs> I, I seem to be going through a stream of crappy films at the moment. I don't quite know... I don't quite know why. Maybe I, maybe my wires have, have fizzled and I'm, I'm not enjoying films that perhaps I normally would enjoy. Although I started watching Ant-Man today... Oh. But then my internet movie provider kept crashing, so um, I, I only got ten minutes into it before I gave up. 
other internet movie providers are available. That literally doesn't mean anything, but thank you. <laughs> nice one, Lee. Thank you very much. 0344 499 1000. Late night conversation. Wealth using sleep Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. So isn't iPod Shuffle amazing? M- amazing. My iPod has got, I don't know, 22,000 songs on there. And, and, and there's a lot of stuff on there that I don't remember buying. I don't know how I got. don't know what it's doing there. And every now and then, Shuffle will remind me that there is um, there, there is music out there that I, that I really like but I've forgotten about and it's a joy. It's an absolute joy. And tonight I had one of those um, moments. I had one of those moments where a song popped up and I thought, oh I forgot, I like this band and I'd forgotten all about the song. I've got a feeling I might have played it when I was at BBC Three Counties. I don't know. It, it rings a bell. But I've certainly not listened to it for a couple of years. And it's by The Eels. And The Eels are this strange... Well, I don't really know anything about them. I read a little bit about them on Wikipedia, the home of the made-up fact. Um, but if you don't know The Eels, basically it's a guy called Mark Everett we've established this evening, who has an amazing way of describing in song what it feels like to be alive. And that's a really, really hard thing to do. It's a really, really hard thing to do. To actually, accurately, in the space of a few lines, capture... The essence of being alive. The good stuff and the lousy stuff. Now, I read up a little bit about Mark Everett and and um, uh, it, it, his life has been touched by tragedy. I think his mum died of cancer, I'm not sure. His sister committed suicide. I don't know how his dad died. I didn't quite get that far. But a lot of the songs are about relationships of sons and fathers um and i make up that he didn't really know a lot about his dad he didn't really um either get on with his dad or or, or sit down and actually talk with his uh, dad and there's a brilliant documentary that i've just started watching where he kind of goes off to try and investigate and find out about his dad and stuff and that's great um but this song that came on to the ipod oh man was just it was transcendent that's the word it was transcendent i was in my car on the a40 stuck in traffic and it'd been a really weird journey because some guy when i was in slough some guy pretended to jump in front of my car it was the weirdest thing this guy just kind of pretended to jump in front of my car and i I, so i was in a weird kind of headspace anyway and not quite sure. I was flustered, and I was a little bit angry. Right. And I, I, the radio was boring. I didn't want to l- listen to to Sam. 
Um, normally listen to four extra at six o'clock, but they were doing Bram Stoker's story, which I wasn't really interested in. LBC was all about Trump. It was all Trump or Stoker. <laughs> the, the two go hand in hand. So I put my iPod on. I don't really put my iPod on in the car because it's fiddly. I have to do a lead and stuff. This song came on, right? It's called Things the Grandchildren Should Know. Boom. What a title. Already. Things the Grandchildren Should Know. And he's got a really... It was a live version of the song. I'm going to play the original version of it in a second. And... I have no idea how old this gentleman was when he recorded this, but he has got a real raspy, kind of Dennis Wilson-type um, type voice. It's a a voice of someone who, who has lived. You know, it's a real powerful voice. And every line in this song was me. Literally every line. You know, normally you get a song, right? And you can think, oh, that's about me and the, the girl that I fancy. Or that's about me and my husband, that verse. But that's it. Or the chorus. Or you might hear a song and you go, oh, the, yeah, yeah, that, 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 the second verse describes me a bit. Or the third, that, that, that last half of the chorus. That's me. Every word in this song is me. And it was spooky. It was really spooky. And I'm, I have I have heard this song before, but I don't think I've ever quite connected with it. Sometimes music, you have to find music at the right time. You know, sometimes you can listen to an album, it, it doesn't have an impact. Three years later, you put it going, oh, wow, how did I miss this? And this song, I've got the lyrics here. Right, I'm going to play it in a minute. Right, I'm going to play it. And I tweeted it. So if you follow me on Twitter, some of you may have may have heard it already. And a couple of people, including... Here, here we go. Scott Balcony and Paul Ross both got in touch and said, wow, that song, that song's a bit of me. It's a bit of Paul Ross. It's a bit of Scott Balcony. It's all of me, right? Um, this, I, I mean, it literally, it describes my life. I got a dog. It sounds silly when I'm going to recite it, but I, this is it. I got a dog... I take him for a walk, and all the people like to say hello. I'm used to staring down at the sidewalk cracks. I'm learning how to say hello without too much trouble. Boom. That's me. I hate saying hello to people. And when you're out with a dog, when you're out with a dog, everybody says hello. Oh, God. Morning. Morning. Afternoon. Oh, I hate it. Listen to this! Listen to this! This is me! I don't leave the house much. I don't like being around people. Makes me nervous and weird. I don't like going to shows either. It's better for me to stay home. Some might think it means I hate people, but that's not quite right. Isn't it funny? Now, some of you will be going, oh, that sounds rubbish. And that's fine. It's not meant for you. Some of you will be going, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's touching something. And then there's there's the bit, um, oh, and there's the bit about his dad. And already I'm welling up thinking about this bit about his dad. And this is, my dad was a very complicated man. He was an 
absolutely terrible dad to me and my sister. Terrible, terrible dad. Not that he beat us or abused us sexually or anything like that. He just was a liar. He was a liar and he would go off and he would have lots of affairs and he would father lots of children with other women. Um, and it, it, so as a dad, I mean, he may have been a great dad to some of these other kids. I don't really know. All right. And I hated him for a long, long time. I hated him and, and, and didn't talk to him and stuff. And then... Uh, I started to make, when I had my own kids, I started to make peace with him. And then, of course, he went and died, didn't he? Selfish bugger. But as I get older, I kind of, I kind of understand where he was coming from. I still disapprove of his behaviour. I still think the way he treated my mum was was appalling. But, and then listen to these, these lines that this guy has written. And it's about me. It's about me. I'm turning out. Just like my father, though I swore I never would, now I can say that I have a love for him I never really understood, what it must have been like for him living inside his head. Boom. Flipping heck. Even just reading that out loud. What's that? That's... uh... That's six lines. That's six lines, right? And that totally, totally sums up how I feel about my dad. And how... He was he was terrible, but I can understand why he was terrible. Because he was terrible, because he was flawed. Terribly sad when he was dying. He was dying. He was literally in his deathbed in the living room. And um, my uh, stepmom, who I'd never met until I found out he was dying, um, had to... Work like a shift on who to, who could come and visit my dad, because and they, they would have to leave by half past because such and such was coming at, 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 on top of the hour and they didn't want to meet and oh, oh it's a nightmare, absolute nightmare. This is a man on his deathbed, and his wife's having to sort. Anyway, 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 this song, like no other, has kind of got me in the solar plexus, the soul man and um i'm I'm not gonna play my boys now they're six and four they they, they go well can we dance to it not really not really a dancey type song but when they're older when they're old enough to kind of get these things i'm gonna sit them down and i'm gonna play this song and i'm gonna apologize for all the mistakes i've made and apologise for all the mistakes I will make from that point onwards. And I'll say, but, guys, this song is me. And maybe, maybe, it will kind of click with them and they'll get it. I don't know. Anyway, should we play it? It's going to make me cry. I know it'll make me cry. Here we go. There. I go to bed real early Everybody thinks it's strange I get up early in the morning No matter how disappointed I was with the day before It feels new I don't leave the house much being around people makes me nervous and weird 
I don't like going to shows either. It's better for me to stay home. Some might think it means I hate people, but that's not quite right. I do some stupid things. In the right place, and this I know. I got a dog. I take him for a walk, and all the people like to say hello. I'm used to staring down at the sidewalk cracks. I'm learning how to say hello without too much trouble. I'm turning out just like my father, though I swore I never would. Now I can say that I have love for him. Never really understood what it must have been like for him living inside his head. I feel like he's here with me now, even though he's dead. Everything you read, I'm the only one who knows what it's like. So I thought I'd better tell you before I leave. Situations and enjoy what I had. I knew true love and I knew passion. The difference between the two. And I had some regrets, but if I had to do it all again, well, it's something I'd like to do.
Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Kath, you want to come in? Or my mate to come and sit in with me, please. But he's not here. So, Catherine, could come in instead. How's about them apples? 0344-499-1000 is the phone number. Tony! Hello, how are you, Ian? Oh, good, Tony. What you got for us? Um, well, I just heard that song, and it was really beautiful. Did it click with you? Because it's not going to click. There'll be some people who hated it, and that's yes. fine. No, no. It, 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 it. Well, I heard what you said beforehand, yeah. and um, I recently lost my mum, and um, we had a very complicated relationship. Yeah. And and I think if there are things that happen after you lose a parent. And also when you are a parent. Um, but you can only... There are things There are things you can only appreciate when you become a parent. Yeah. And I think there's, there's things you can only appreciate when you lose a parent. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I think a song like that, for example, um, only makes sense to people, I think, that have lost a parent and who have a complicated relationship. I'm 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 wondering if any families are normal. Do you know what I mean? Because the more people I talk to, the more I kind of think everybody's family families are really hard work, and I don't think I know anybody that's got an inverted commas normal family. Oh dear! Well, I'm about to burst your bubble. Go on, have you got, go on then. My partner. Yeah. Well, you you and Kath. Do you remember the other night when you were doing the alphabet? The alphabet the, of callers, of course. And I woke up my partner. I was T. <laughs> yes, you had to wake him up. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I woke him up. Because, he of course, I pleased. knew you were trying to get to the end. Yes. And you got the call about your mum. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, then you yeah. had to go to Kath. Yeah. And I was really hoping there were other people in the wings and we were going to get to the end. I think we got, didn't so we get I, to you? You yeah. was the last no, one, I think. No, I was the last one because oh, I was T. Yeah. And then you said, oh, is there any way you can find an S? We did. We got to that you. That was my partner in bed because he's a Spurgeon. Yeah. Oh, that was so it. It was a Spurgeon. You woke him up and he was, um, he, he was, <laughs> you kind of woke him up, yes. No, I definitely woke he him was up. Only, he was not awake when we spoke to him. That was not... No, that's what I mean. He was not. He was not. But yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Right. He has got a perfect family. I don't believe you. No, I tell you, I'm not... At the end. This isn't, this, isn't, this isn't even what I found about. He gets on with his mum and dad? Yes. Properly? Yes. There's no... No. He's got. Has he got brothers and sisters? Yes. What's he got? It's all good. It's all good. Wow. Well, th- well, th- we've, been there's... Together, we've been together 20 years. Yeah. Well, you know, there's one thing that you haven't explored. It's What's him. <laughs> he's the weird one. <laughs> I haven't explored him. No, I'm saying he's I, the weird I, one. I think, I okay. think Tony he, has explored thoroughly, him. Thoroughly, yes. Yeah. All the nooks and crannies. Oh, God. So why did we... Why did I... Oh, I, oh Ian. Yes? We must not digress, because no. I have to call... Well, we can. It's your show. You can do whatever you like. Well, it's your... You, you, but if you want to not digress, it's your call. You, you well, don't I, have well, to. I think, as I've told you before, I've got ADHD, so I will digress yes. at any given moment. Yes. But the reason I called was um, 
that song. Yeah. You must play it to your sons. I think, well... In the car. They well, don't need to tell them why. They won't get it yet. But, um... No, they won't, but... Uh, well, no, I might play it to them, but they won't hear it. They won't hear... No, they... But they know that I find songs emotional, because, um... Uh... They, they, there was a song, what was the song? There was a song that came up in the car and I said, oh, this makes me cry. And I can't think what it was. And they were reminded that there's that song that you don't like that makes, that makes me cry, Kath. The one about, Matt, soon I'll be 30. Oh, I hate My that daddy song. made 60. My woman brings me babies. I'm going <laughs> to make up stories. Do you know that song, Tony? No, but, 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 but before you cut me off, I I'm have not... to get, do you mind? Yeah. No, because I, do you mind? Do you mind? No, but you you do have a you do weave and and and, and I'm not ADHD. I'm not. You're not weaving at the moment. No, I'm waiting for you to get back. You're the one that's weaving. Okay, so have you seen the film Guardians of the Galaxy? I watched the first twenty minutes of it. I thought it was crap. So did I, but I went to the cinema, so I had to watch it to the end. It's the one where he's, um, it's a Marvel film, and he was kidnapped as a baby in the 80s, and he goes around space listening to a Walkman. Boring. Yeah, yeah, but that's the very, that's the only good thing about it. Right, yeah. Right, so, this is the thing. Are we we close to the thing now? This is the thing. Okay. Right, he has something called, um, his mum leads him something called, I can't remember what his name is, but his awesome myth. Right. And about? I've done this for my son because he's 20 now, and yeah. over the years we've played songs. Yeah. And they range from um, the Chili Peppers and U2 and the oh. Guillemots and Hot House Flowers wow. and. Yeah, all sorts. But I've put it on something called Tory's Awesome Mix. Who's Tory? That's my son. Oh, okay, right. Your name's Tony and his name's Tory. Yeah, and my son's name, and his dad's name's Rory. <laughs> and this was before. Brad are you old out. enough, Tony? Are you? I think no. you are old enough to remember Rory. Rory, tell us a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. Rory, do you remember no, that? Cat? No, no. This is this is another thing. He's not actually Rory. Oh. He's Rory. He's R U A double R I. Rory, Rory, tell us a story. Yeah, and my son is Tory. Yeah. P-A-U-R-R-I. But anyway, we digress again. So you've made you've made him a playlist, a mixtape. Yes, and that's what I was going to come back to you to say. So what 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 I've done over the years with my son, yeah. literally, he left the hospital to Born Slippy by yeah. Underworld. Oh, blimey. <laughs> no, that's true. That's brilliant. That's well done. Yeah, good work. True. Good work. I know, and that is true. Um, since the day he was born, I've, I've spoken to him about music. Yeah. And... And over the years, we, we have tunes that we relate to. And yeah. this is coming back to the point with you. Oh. If you play that song to them now, yeah. they may not hear it. Yes. They may not they'll listen, but they may not yes. hear it. But eventually, one day, yes. they will. Yes, maybe. Maybe not. No, but they will. Well, they might not. The thing about music is they might not see the things that I see in it. Oh, but this is the thing, Ian. They do. More than it's like <laughs> my mum. My mum played me Johnny Mathis. Oh. And I love Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis. Um, life is a song worth singing. Why don't you? 
Sing it! Do you have another one? <laughs> did he used to be a milkman? Um, no, that's Matt Munro, who used to be a milkman. <laughs> uh, Johnny Mathis um, recently came out as a gay man. Recently? Yeah, recently. Oh, I think I've known that for a while. Chi- Who can do a good Johnny Mathis? Where the child is born. Hang on yeah. a minute. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, where, hang on, where, 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 hang on, no, Tony, Ian. shut up, we're having, a, we're having a Mathis off, hang on. All right, go on. But I was going to tell you something about Slough. When a child is born. Ed's, Ed's, gonna, Ed's coming in, Ed. When a child is born. Tony, shut up, we missed Ed, shut up. Ed, Ed, shut right. Well, okay, that's going to be my B-side then. Go. When a child is born. <laughs> Kath? When a child is born. We're doing Johnny Mathis, yeah? Oh, I was doing Cher. Tony, your turn. When a child is born. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. It's a Mathis off. When a child is born. When a child is born. Uh, Ian, can I tell you quickly? Please! <laughs> I, ta- I bought the song sheet for that in a shop next door to Tommy's Magic Shoe Shop, or whatever it was called. It wasn't called Tommy's Magic Shoe Shop. It was. It what was, was it called? It was just like Tommy's Magic Shop, up the, up the no. end of the high street. No, but it was shoe shop. It was shoe shop. I'm, oh. I'm going to have to go. Thank I... you. Um, yes, she's right. Of course she Is could Is anyone talk. else exhausted? <laughs> Only her jaw. <laughs> Sorry about that, Rory. You don't remember? Rory, Rory, tell us a story. No. Bungo, Rory, twang and boots. No. Okay. Um, so, the rest of the show is um a math is off <laughs> when a child is born oh shall i do my trump no not anymore why no it the, stinks no not that the, my impression of the oh i can't love very good with the voice you've got to do square mouth well american no well well i'm gonna oh hang on i was doing it really well earlier on in my head <laughs> she's a nasty woman no 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 don't no. what a nasty woman no because he says something then he'll echo it he echoes himself she goes i'm i'm, I'm gonna be you dirty rat <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be the best president of america the best i'm gonna be the baddest i'm gonna i'm gonna so he's in the restaurant he's in, yeah. a, he's in mcdonald's i'd like i wanna have a uh big mac Meal, the, bit of biggest Macis meal. I'm gonna eat that thing so bad, and I want a vanilla milkshake. I'm gonna drink that milkshake so bad. He echoes. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as it was, but I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's not as good as it was yeah. four hours ago when I came in and I blew your mind yeah, yeah, yeah. with my excellent well, Trump impression. It was a uh, well, yeah. It was better than it was then. Slightly. I, I'm good at impressions. Mm. I, I, I think if I had the um, uh, patience, uh, <laughs> CJ's done a, like a poster for Performance Ring Manchester. He's into this. <laughs> all right. Calm down, lad. Um, anyway, I think if I had the patience, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I could be up there with the greatest impressionists. What Mike Yarwood? Y- yeah. Well, no, no, Mike. Who's the um, the the fella? Who's the gentleman? McGowan. Yeah, McGowan. McGowan's great. Um, Ancona's great. Mm-hmm. Colshaw, Colshaw is great. Yeah. Ravens. Serafinovich. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I could, I could be, and this is the thing, I could be better than all of those guys. I just can't be bothered. No. Can't be bothered. That sounds a lot like Trump, what you're saying there. (laughs) 
<laughs> Do that in his voice. Um, uh, I just, I guess, just can't be bothered. <laughs> I, I really, I'm going to be, I'm gonna <laughs> Could be, be the greatest. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Yes. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, CJ has been in touch. Sent me an email, so I'll have a look at that tomorrow at some point. And uh, I think he can do it. Well, well, he was talking. He's the man. He's the man. He's the man with the plan. We can play Rossi tonight. Yeah. Do you want to play Rossi tonight? Why not? Oh. Or unless you'd rather save him. We've saved him for a fortnight. Yeah. Might as well put him out of his misery. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good. Uh, it was good. It was good, wasn't he? Yeah. And you've got a bit of a bootleg tied on the front. Yep. Um. Who else? Uh, we haven't got anyone. We need to have a little. Um, we've got a gentleman called Bay Logan coming on, uh, who's in Hong Kong. Talk about Rossi. Oh. Yeah. Um, he's going to come on at some point, setting out a date for him. Oh, I've got a gentleman, and thanks to um, John Dredge, who, who put me in, um, who, who let me know this was going on. Uh, there's a thing going on at the, um, it's at the South Bank. It's a weekend called Being a Man. Oh. Uh, and we've got someone, someone's going to come on and talk about that. About what it, you know, I don't quite know what it is, but I, I, from what I've looked at, it looks like it might tie in with some of the themes that we've uh, we've addressed over the past few weeks, so we'll get um, someone... Tell you who else is coming in, and that's next week. Yeah. Matt Haig. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is it next week? Yeah. What date? Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say the 15th. But say, don't... I think you said the 15th. That's another book I've got to read hang quickly on, then. Hang on, hang on. Well, no, he said he'll talk about anything. Yeah, I know, but I want to have read the book. Um, oh, brilliant. Matt Haig is brilliant. Let the, me check. Matt wrote um, Reasons to Stay Alive. Boy. He also wrote The Boy Who Saved Jeff Christmas. Christmas. And... A girl called a girl called Christmas. No, a boy called Christmas. Christmas the girl who girl saved, saved Christmas. Christmas. He also wrote a brilliant book called The Humans. He's uh, he's brilliant. Yeah, fifteenth Tuesday. Brilliant. That's not next week though. Oh, it is. It Bloody is. hell! We've also got. Uh, I, I need to chase it up. I'm trying to read the book. Whenever we get a guest on, I try and read the book before they come up. This and you, you, you. Every time I mention it, you go. Ooh. Marion Partington who's written this brilliant book called If You Sit Very Still. Her sister Lucy was one of the victims of Fred and Rose West. Good grief. Um, and the, the kind of the first half of her book is her kind of detailing what happened when she went missing and what, how they reacted when they found out. You didn't find out for 20 years that <gasps> it happened. Um, and then the second half is kind of like her spiritual journey. She became a Quaker. Mm. Um, and interestingly, Lucy, I think I've got this right, Lucy, the sister, converted to Catholicism. I think she went missing in 1973 or four. Converted. Was she one of the hitchhikers, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, uh, she was getting a bus. Right. And they, they think that they offered her a lift. Um, interestingly, she converted to Catholicism five weeks before she was abducted. And Marion converted to being a Quaker five weeks before she found out, almost to the day, what had happened to Lucy. Oh. It's really weird. And um, there's a piece in there, I won't read it now because we've had quite a heavy show so far. Well, I'll come to you in a minute. Um but there's a description in there because they don't know what happened at the mm -hmm. end. All they know is some bones were found under the, you know, the concrete. And there's a there's a paragraph where she writes. She keeps writing to Lucy, and she writes this paragraph going, basically saying, "I don't know what happened to you. 
I don't know what they did to you. I don't know what you heard, what they said to you, what filth they, you know, they put upon you. Um, Oh, it's just the way she writes, it's beautiful. You know, this real acceptance. And she wrote a letter. Marion Partington wrote a letter to Rose West when she was in prison. Um, and she never got a reply. And she was told not to write anymore. And um, uh, the, the, it's the humility of the woman is incredible. Incredible. So we're, we're going to interview her. I might, I might, um, I might have, I might go and meet her and do it, uh, uh, you know, somewhere because, um, Anyway, it, it's an incredible book, incredible book, and it's it's, it's kind of you feel um, feel privileged to, to read this woman's story, the fact that she shared it, and it's grim, you know, absolutely grim. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. There was someone else I've got lined up, but I can't think. Ooh. Well, Tony Robinson's still in the offing, isn't he? Yes, Tony Robinson. We'll do we'll do a better job of that than uh, Breckers. We'll do a better job of that. Seinfeld, Nick and our guests. <laughs> Never mind, different audience, isn't it? Um, well, they've got an audience. That's the main thing. Ray! Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. What you got for us, Ray? Uh, what kind of cake? Fish cake. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, um, you're having uh, Johnny Mathis off. Yes. When a child is born... OK, well, that's your voice. Now do it in Johnny Mathis's. When a child is born... Uh, it's slightly different, yeah. Well, very it slightly. It's a bit more like Barry Gibb, I know. It does... No, be, when a child is born... That was poor. Oh, that was poor, Ray. Well, that was poor. Very poor. Is that it? I'm oh. going to assume that's it. I'm going to assume that's it. Um... Um, I try. Can you email again? Sorry, I've got people asking, but lots of people emailing about performance ring, and I, I, I try and reply to all of them, but I can't reply to all of them. Um, but I try, and so yes, there. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number, and we're in that kind of um, lull. Now the uh, the post midnight the pre Rossi lull the pre Rossi lull. <laughs> um, oh, so we'll look at some of the papers, shall we? I don't, this thing that the, the Simpsons predicted—they didn't predict it; they just did a skit. It's not that. It's not that if, unfeasible. If that's the case, the Simpsons have predicted a lot of stuff. It's a little bit lazy that. Um... But the thing is, people are running out of things to say, and it's not even nearly January yet. Here we go. Well, there's a picture of um, Kylie Jenner mm -hmm. um, covered in blue paint. Oh. Cons get high by smoking kid picks. What? Kid picks? Kid picks. Kid picks. What, what is that? I'll tell you. Well, this is from... Um, this article is written by Jen Farrow, who is the TV features editor. Well, this is not TV features. This is... Uh, um, Crime and punishment, surely. Oh. A deadly drug is being smuggled into jails on children's drawings, sent to cons in the post. Ah, ah. a TV documentary reveals tonight. Ah, okay. Liquid Spice, I don't remember her, <laughs> is sprayed on the pictures so lags can tear off lags and cons, tear off dried pieces and smoke it with tobacco. Footage filmed by prisoners shows the horror effects of the drug as one con's heart stops after inhaling half a gram of spice. 
known inside by the rhyming slang of... Do you know what this drug's name, name is? Sugar. No, it's rhyming slang. Yeah, sugar... In, oh, yeah. Um... Ooh. Once Ooh. or twice? Ooh, you got any Katie? Katie, Katie Price! Got any Katie? <laughs> Fancy uh, having a go on Katie. The revelations made in... Uh, la, 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 la. A smuggler called Paula is shown spraying liquid spice on a kid's drawing and said, when it's dry, it doesn't smell, and when x-rayed, it doesn't come up. This sheet is worth about 50 quid. Paula, this is brilliant. Makes your heart stop. Wow. Sounds cool, man. Paula, whose real identity is protected by producers, good, good for them, also tells of how mobiles smuggled inside, inside Mars bars. Now... Because you can get, I didn't realise, you can get tiny mobiles. Yeah. Like, you know, get those mini motos. It's like that, but a mobile phone. They can sell for up to £1,000 in prison. They've used cons. Uh, they've used lags. Oh, back to lags. Lags then hide the devices in their bottoms. She said, it's got the vibrate bit took out. So there's no metal for the metal detectors to go off. It's small. Nice and neat to put away up their bums. Flipping it. <laughs> I want to go to prison. It sounds brilliant. Well. The show, which is uh, which is on at 10pm, also exposes how drone... Oh, they caught um, that ginger idiot. Hey. Well, you call him an idiot Whoa, now. Oh, they caught that ginger idiot who escaped from prison. It didn't last outside very long. There's still one what at large, they... right? Is there? Yeah. Isn't there? Were they mates? There were two of them. Oy. Just be very careful. Ed should be very careful. Can, can we turn Ed's microphone off? And I apologise to anyone offended by that outburst. Ed should not be speaking about um, our uh, our prisoners like that. That really is um, that really is outrageous behaviour. I'd like to apologise to... I think his name was Matthew Butler, um, the ginger one. No, he was Baker. Uh, Matthew Baker. Sorry, sir. Didn't mean to get your name wrong, sir. Oh, he's he's the one that's tucked away now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. The other one you got to worry about. No, 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 no. I've got nothing to worry about. Not me, not me, because I respect thugs. I've got a lot of respect for thugs, and I respect those guys. Mm. So imagine if if he is listening in prison, or the one that's in prison is listening, or the one that's outside is listening. And he's going right. I'm gonna get that. Lee. As he as he yeah, chalks yeah. another stick yeah, on the wall. Yeah, get that. Lee. Yeah, yeah, kill him. I'm gonna make him mine. Yeah, Ed is right. He's just typed on the screen. Don't tell them we work at 18 Hatfields. <laughs> a prison... And your name is Paul Ross. A prison neighbour, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm Ian Collins, called Charlotte, said they tend to hover around... Why are you quite... saying Charlotte like that now? Because, did you notice I did that with Charlotte earlier yeah, on? Yeah, I know, but she didn't. No, because the more Charlottes I meet... I've never met a Charlotte. I've only well, met I, a Charlotte. I, Charlotte's. Well, I, because you meet common people. Mm. I tend to meet quite high-class people. So I... And they call themselves Charlotte. Well, and that's how it's spelled. Does. My mum knew a woman called Deborah, but she'd been Debbie till she got posh. Charlotte's Web. That was a boring book, wasn't it? Oh, no. Yeah. I thought that when I was a kid, but I read it to my children. Um, Horrific. Oh, my goodness. We all cried at the end. Doesn't the, the pig get eaten? Is there a pig in it? The pig does not get eaten. What happens in Charlotte's Web? Charlotte's Web is about spider. spider dies. Good. But bloody spiders all her children stay behind 
If I'd have written that book, that spider... Oh, she opens up and they come out, don't they? No. Isn't that not what She happens? lays eggs, doesn't she? And Wilbur <laughs> protects them and they all go, apart from one who stays to keep him company. If I... Uh, Some pig. If I had written that story, this, it would have been page one. Got stamped on. Yeah, totally. Well, it wouldn't have got stamped on. I've got a very heavy book. Oh. Getting a bit bunged up now. Excellent time to take a break. <laughs> Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Now there are two stories in the newspapers. Gosh, look at Mariah Carey. Look at the state of him. There are two stories. Oh, we'll, we'll do that in a minute. Let's go to George first. Um, yes, George. Oh, hello. Hi. Hello, George. Hi. <laughs> how, uh, how are you this evening? I'm hungry, and I'm getting bunged up. But apart from that, I'm great! Oh, my goodness. I've just been tucking into some strawberries. I've been making uh, my packed lunch for my wife when she goes off to work tomorrow. Oh, uh, listen, listen to you, you little creep. I know, showing off. Well showing done, off. you. Well done, exciting. you. Isn't, isn't that um, nice? Uh, I've only been listening to you for the last uh, couple of weeks. Oh, and, Thank you, George. Uh, I've been standing here uh, next to the radio, and uh, I thought, well, why not give it a go? How are you? I'm good. I'm what, asked, what, I'm why, what, now, can I ask, why are you making your wife's packed lunch? What, what's, what's the deal there? Oh, it's just a nice thing to do, isn't it? It saves us some money. Uh, I had to uh, get home from work. Um, you work uh, as well. We have a little bit of, uh, you know, cook up a bit of chicken or something. Wow. Uh, a bit of yoghurt with some uh, porridge oats I make as a little sort of breakfast pot when she gets there. Lovely. So you're not even doing, like, cheese and pickle sandwiches. You're making proper food for her. There are women all over the country, George, um, f- fainting at the, at the sound of this. This is a, this is a wonderful thing. What a, a lovely little simple thing to be doing for the person you yeah. love. Well, it's a nice thing. It is, it's good fun. Well, I like to cook, and uh, I'm at work most of the day. I like to, you know, by about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm thinking, what are we having for supper? Yep. Then what are we going to be having for lunch the next day? Part of my day. Wow. Having my lunchbox. Yeah, lovely. God, well, 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 well done, George. That's excellent. But hang on, what time do you get up for work then? Oh, God, I work in military antiques, so I didn't have to get to work until 10 o'clock. So, uh... Every sentence <laughs> with you is, is, um, <laughs> is a revelation. Military antiques. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a small niche, but it's a deep one. Ever sold a tank? Oh, God, hey, uh, I wish. Um, that's Russia. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what I do is sort of works of art uh, with a military flavour. So we've got uh, signed photos of Winston Churchill, oh. um, old uh, military drums that we've turned into coffee tables. Hey, did you, um, uh, those um, uh, Eva Braun's knickers sold recently, didn't they? Oh, did they? Oh, hang on a minute. You, 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 have I caught you out? Yeah, Eva Braun's knickers sold um, for about... £3,000 earlier this week, I think. <laughs> were, they, were they worn? I don't... For goodness <laughs> sakes, George. <laughs> I don't... But they were definitely hers. And, and some lipstick of hers sold, I think, for about £700. Oh, my days. Yeah. I bet you'd love to get your hand, hands on Eva Braun's knickers. No, no. Well, uh, well we also sell um, toy soldiers. And uh, the German ones are about the biggest sellers that we have. We've got a model of uh, Adolf Hitler looking at a little map of uh, oh. his proposed layout of the new Berlin, Germania, and that one sells like hotcakes. Gosh, I bet, I bet um, um, to Mr. Mrs. Farage and Trump have, have been <laughs> huge orders. Well, I know, yeah, well, that's... Uh, God, 
yeah, so that, that, well, that'd be you must be doing great guns then in Nazi in memorabilia at the moment. Because, well, it's the sort of thing I worry about that people might be buying that and using the DNA to clone. Um, uh, uh, um, these toy soldiers are, are, are very popular. I know that Catherine's dad um, paints the little. Well, I guess the lead ones. Is it still lead ones? I know that Andy Partridge no, of XTC well, that's does. The thing is that they haven't been lead like for sixty years or so because lead. Firstly, it's very expensive. Yes, Secondly, and it's it absolutely, uh, It's a nightmare to sculpt anything out of it. It's too soft, so they fall apart by the time you even get it, you know, onto the shelves. So, um, uh, tin, they used to use an awful lot, uh, but nowadays they use a thing called white metal. And I don't know what that is. Oh. Probably every factory has a different um, alloy, but, yeah, white metal. How much would... Uh, suppose they wanted to get in on this scene, mm-hmm. and I, I want to start small. A signed photo of Winston, Winnie. Yep. How, much, how much would that cost me? My days, um, I would say you are looking at same photo, Winston Churchill, uh, the best part of two thousand pounds, if not more. Bloody hell, really? Yeah. Well, how many did he give out? I don't not know. Many. He's not signing any more. I suppose. I suppose that's true. Yes, his, his days <laughs> of uh, signing. What? Um, how about a cigar that Winston had, had owned? Oh well, that is yeah, eighty quid, probably less. There's there's hundreds of them. 80 quid for an old Winston Churchill cigar. Yeah, well, because how can you prove it? Uh, Oh, this is the cigar that Winston Churchill gave to me, or my granddad. Yeah, you you have to believe the story, don't you, when it comes to something like that? I suppose the yes, it'd be hard to prove provenance there, wouldn't it? Exactly. That's the sort of thing. That's the problem. And wait, how do you do it, George? Have you got a, have you got a shop that uh, that you go, you work in, or? Yeah, 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 it's a shop, um... Oh, I'm uh, I'm a bit worried now. <laughs> no, 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 no. There it is. But we're in central London. We're near uh, Fortnum and Masons. Um, wow. In the little um, arcade. I know the little arcade, the very posh arcade. I think I did some filming in the arcade once. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, well, yeah it's, uh, it's an Ebordian one. There's shoe shops and waistcoats and all sorts of things yeah. nearby. And, and business is going well, is it? Yeah, it's... Um, well, actually, well, with... Uh, as soon as Brexit hit and the pound took a tumble, suddenly it was a very attractive offer for people all around the world. So, Do uh, you get... I, I, I remember um, once when I was at another radio station, we did a story. It wasn't really a story. People were getting their knickers in a twist about um, the fact that there was a guy selling Nazi memorabilia at a mm. local market. And yeah. um, there is, you know, a lot of people collect Nazi memorabilia. And I, I, yeah. I, it doesn't appeal to me, but I can understand why. But do you ever get any... You know, people come in who perhaps their interest in Nazi memorabilia is perhaps a little bit too... You're slightly suspicious of them. Um, yeah, I... Quite honestly, you know what? The best part of Indiana Jones is the fact that there's creepy Nazis in it. Yeah. And it's that sort of appeal that I think people are into. And we've never had... Um, anyone turn up with uh, a little clip moustache, um, <laughs> <laughs> looking like they're going to start taking over the arcade yet. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, we don't sell that sort of thing. No. And so, oh, okay, okay. That's a, you know, if, uh, I'm sure there are some seedy corners of, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, car parks that have people selling daggers and rings and all sorts that have that all over it, but, uh, no, it's not our cup of tea. You know, doesn't we have... There has to, doesn't there has to be a limit? You make, talks about, um, Churchill's pictures and signed photos. Yeah. There has to be a limit. I'm always amazed, right, because I'm obsessed by the Beatles, George. I, if mm-hmm. you listen, you may have heard me mention the Beatles, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But even now, 60 years later, 60 years after they got together, 
um, rare, you know, previously unseen photos or unheard songs or acetates will rock up in someone's attic or under someone's floorboards, right? The the wall, there must be a limit to the amount of stuff that you can buy and trade. Oh, yeah, but... um... You keep finding stuff. No, there's... There's always something like uh, there, there was. Um, I think there was a thing in the newspaper today. I don't know which one, but there were some people who had a, a lamp that they had, and it turned out that lamp was some two thousand year old Chinese hat stand or something. Yes. So there's all these weird stuff that people don't understand. But also, the, one of the best parts of our jobs is that you know we find things that um, you do a bit of research, and suddenly it tells this wonderful story yeah. that had been forgotten for hundreds of years, and uh, you know you suddenly find a person's name from a record in a newspaper that's a lot of newspaper records are now online and you know we spend you know 20 or 30 hours doing research and all of a sudden you can suddenly this person who's completely forgotten by history becomes like an interesting uh, character again and you've got a wonderful little uh, perhaps a uh, uh, a cigarette box that they owned or a, a bit of wood that was from hms victory and you can you know suddenly remember a story and it's a yeah, oh, that's the best part of my job. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you invent stories or you know make you're, something special again. And you're then, you're a time detective. Yeah, well, sort of. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. I I, I did history at university. I've always been interested by history. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? And actually, I was the guy who um, I, I sent you a, a, a Twitter message earlier on, and I'd like to come and do a, um, a performance uh, ring in. Oh! Well, you're the one that wants to talk about the the occult, London. Like weird, yeah. There's some there's some wonderful stories all about London. They're probably not all true, but God, they're interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh, look at the time I've got. Uh, George, listen. Yes, you can come and do that. We'll sort out a date. I need to go because I'm late for a break. But um, I'd love you to come and uh, give a talk. It'd be brilliant. No problem. George, nice. I, I will, I will, if, I don't, if I don't reply to you in the next couple of days, send me an email to nudge me, but I will do. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you, man. I'll speak to you soon. No problem. Have a lovely evening. Thank you, George. What a delightful gentleman. Late night, Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on talk radio. We have ways of making you talk. Dear listener, gosh, I feel my voice is going ever so slightly. I feel... I love that. We'll be all right. Um, so... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we uh, Catherine and I went and met Francis Rossi, and um, it's odd. We were keen to talk to him anyway, and uh, then he was doing a round of interviews and and what have you. And um, we went, and we thought, well, it, it, he's had a long day. He'll be grumpy. I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. But what I got was a very charming, down to earth bloke who's a big fan of music. And what you're going to hear is, you'll hear kind of before the interview as well, I had my little recorder going as I was walking into the studio where he was. So you'll hear a little bit at the beginning that's not quite as good quality, and that's me walking in and uh, saying hello. So this is me interviewing the excellent Francis Rossi. Am I going straight through? I'm coming through. Hello. Can you sit in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, darling. Can you hear us? This is London. No. I'm, I'm a real live person. Hello, Mr. Come to meet you. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Not bad, thank you. 
Oh, you've got one of those. I'm doing, with, I'm doing it with this. I'm, uh, I'm do he's doing it. He's doing it. I'll do it with this. All oh, right, okay. Unless you, is it easier for you to. It's wherever you want, mate. You stop that. I'll tell you what, in that case, if you can record it and send it over, would that be all right? If I sit down, I'll keep this running. You've got your mic? Yeah, good. Back up. I like it. Thrill to meet you. There we go. Don't call me Wingo. That's twice he's tried. No, that. hang on. I'm not, don't don't start a fight. <laughs> that is so distinguished, you. Uh, it's the first time I've had don't one. With it though. Really? Oh. What do you mean? Well, don't ponce it up a bit. No, I don't mean that. Just the colour thing. Don't go to colour thing. Oh no no no. I'm, I'm waiting for the grey. Oh, I'm, I'm you're going to have a wonderful gray. job, aren't you? You really are. <laughs> now I'm serious. You've got no. <laughs> Half crown, have you? It's not going anywhere. Right, did you notice when Tom, as soon as Tom started dyeing his hair, he looked great again? Yeah, yeah. And he had that funny, we call it Italian chestnut, you can't, people can't take their eyes off your hair because it doesn't look right. Well, McCartney as well, I mean, yeah, what? I there's something going on. Oh, I know. Brilliant, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. Thank you very much, my love. Thank you very much, we re- we're recording. So nice to meet you. Thank you. Uh, tell us about the new album. Uh, uh, you're going acoustic again. Yeah, well, it was logical that we'd go there, I suppose. You know, uh, I've said to everybody today, if we were managing this act and they'd gone into a coasty thing, we've got to get them to do a second one. The yeah. first one was successful. So Biggest album in 18 years? Yeah, but that? the interesting thing was if you'd said to me when we first did it, you'll probably do a second and um, do as well. Yeah. Would have been great, but now it needs to be more. That's one of the things about this. It's like a the drug. It, it always has to have more. Yeah, it should be enough. So, to what the more same. have you put on this record then? Where, how, how have you made this one different from the first one? It's a lot more. Um, we were probably a little too cautious on the first one. There's a better bottom end. The bass guitar's more. Uh, high, some of the high mids are in the guitar. The yeah. first one was very right. Okay, okay. And uh, and the drums were a little bigger and it had more aggressive. We were always very, better not use real drum six. There's very light drums, but um, it, it's such a joy making those albums that uh, even if I suppose even if we weren't getting success with them, it would not take away the joy of making them. Why are you still making records? Because um. The, the industry as a whole, records don't sell anything like they did, do they, no, 20 years ago? No, not at ago. all, no. I, and, I mean, the money is in the touring, from what I read, and I wonder what, why you personally, what you got out of Well, it's going like the, the albums now, you say the money's in the touring, that's like what gets people to come and see yeah. you. It's a bit, of a, a bit of a strange thing that goes on there, and I've been talking a lot about the money recently that people don't realise that, uh, like any other business, unless we make a profit... Yeah. You're gone. Yeah, yeah, of course. And we can't finance it and do it. So uh, every time we come up to thinking of stopping, <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. Like everybody, we've yeah. got pension things. Yeah, and of course. I've got offspring and I've got outgoings. Uh, and everybody seems to imagine that you won this 10, 20 million quid some years ago and it's just sitting in the corner. And you've been ripped off, taking drugs, got day abuse, but the money stays there. Yeah, yeah, and of course. It's a great responsibility trying to. Well, everyone keep does our think crew. this about rock stars that, you know, you're lighting 50 pound cigars with 50 pound notes and, you know, you've got. But that's the showbiz face and patch. Of course. We're supposed to do that. Yeah, but yeah. I'm getting more and more lately that I start telling people, no, it's not quite like that. Yeah. And uh, it is in a strange place, the industry. But as I said, the interesting thing, we've heard we're hovering around seven. I'm like, yes! Yeah. And then they told me how many pieces that means. I went, oh, my... It's like, what, 30,000? I'm not telling Don't you tell me, it's no. not that good. Is it not? No, no, Isn't no, that no. sad? Very. For, you know, you come from an era when to get to number one, you had to sell a million records. Oh, we would be thrilled at the numbers that yeah. each day. It's weird, isn't it? Very, but... 
as I said to you, that the thing about it when I heard seven, it's like the ego. It's like yes, yeah. you're still in there with everybody yeah. else. You're still well. You're still keeping uh, keeping up somewhat. with it. Yeah. Is it weird? Um, is it weird doing it on your own? Doing these interviews on your own? You're doing the tour. Without no, Rick. I'm that's... better doing the interviews on mine. It's where I started, and right. I often think that sometimes we we talked about it some years ago that we come in, and people want us to do that silly double act that we do, and sometimes there's a pressure on us to do that. But whilst, uh, and I should notice that when we do stuff individually, yeah, an individual has a, tr a train of thought as you're going through. If I have to pause now for Rick to say something, I might lose my train of thought. So I. I think sometimes the interviews become um, uh, disjointed somewhat. Funny, yeah, but nothing ever actually got across. So and the concerts, to, you worried uh, about that, that? That was difficult at first, but um, because he's always been there since 1967, and um, but I hate to admit it, that bringing in a young person has done something. Whether it's make you yeah. pull your socks up somewhat, or the fact that we had to get pulled together as a team and well you better sing that can you manage no we're gonna have to change that can we drop that you have to think this? a bit harder then yeah perhaps you got a bit comfortable i think yeah i've been saying that perhaps we became complacent and a lot of bands are doing this i'm a big fan of the beach boys and i know you recorded with the beach boys but you Lovely go and see either the beach boys or brian wilson there's loads of kids in the band now and yeah, it does yeah. add something to the sound what was it how did you manage to blag the beach boys as your backing band we were doing a covers album in that period, but it was one of the dark periods, really, to, to try and stay alive. And we mentioned that uh, we met the Beach Boys somewhere first in Berlin, and that was that was fabulous. And then we talked about we we're doing the album. We said, "Well, let's get a Beach Boy." We went through so many tracks that you think <laughs> would be marvelous, and the, the track I least like of theirs is "Fun, Fun, Fun," and that's the one you went for. And that's of the one we did. That yeah. sort of, oh, and they loved it. Did they really? And it was a great time, one of the great times in my life, hanging out with those you guys. you got Brian Wilson back in the Beach Boys, which yeah. hadn't happened for a long time. Then. No, that was, a big... that, that was kind of sad somewhat. Uh, we were yeah. doing a TV one afternoon, and, you know, you run through and you run through, and they said, we all cleared the stage to walk between a one through, and he's standing there yeah. waiting for someone to tell him. And then when we did the real show... He came off, and all he could say was, I did it, I did it, wow. I did it. Sad, did it? Yeah, very. But a uh, talented man, and um, if that isn't something to teach everybody about drugs, be really well, careful. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. You, uh, you guys, I you know you've done a lot of stuff, and you're lucky that you're alive, and you're, everything's yeah. still going on yeah. in your head. You're still able yeah. to function. Um, I've got to ask, we've only got a couple of minutes left. What, what were Queen like? A lot of people may not remember that you went on tour. With Queen, that was our so-called comeback tour with the with the new band after we split up. Yeah, we'd known Queen a long time anyway. Rick used to hang out with a lot of big friends, just known them a long time. So, my thing with Queen is I remember I remember at the time and remember pe people slagging them somewhat. Yeah, but now you look at their catalog. Wow. Yeah, that's a fabulous act, fabulous ba I everything think about it. Every band has to go that through a bit. I mean, you were a joke for a to, bit, yeah, weren't you? Is, I don't know. And yeah. then you, but you look at the stats: sixty songs in the top forty, more than yeah, any other band. Kind of the numbers yeah. you've sold, um, I think you've come out the other side of that being a bit of a joke now. I do, hope do you, do so, but I never so? take that for granted. Because no. I noticed in this business you can be there and then there's suddenly you're not. I remember seeing a programme that the they were um, really taking the, out of the beach, the uh, Bee Gees. Right, yeah, of course. Really? Yeah. It's, oh, well, this, that, they, they look silly doing it. They did look silly in that period, but they actually checked the material, the fantastic songs, and they still are. Even Barry Gibbs' recent, uh, recent stuff. I could kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
This is an exclusive. Status yeah, quo, so going to kill the remaining Bee Gees. Yeah, that would be Jeez. class, No, uh, but he really does turn out, and that's what I think with lots of people. You suddenly, and it, perhaps it's looking back. Same thing's happened to Jeff Lynne at the moment. Yeah. He couldn't get arrested yeah. ten years ago. Now it's like we've always loved Jeff, and I've always been a fan since I was about 16 with him, so... <laughs> I have. When I first used to see Idle Race and we used to work around Birmingham doing doubles and such, he was always brilliant and an extremely nice man. Yeah. But he's no good as a front man. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't talk to an audience very well. I've got to ask you, we're, 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 I'm a big fan of the stuff you did in the 60s. When mm. we, Was there a decision to kind of go away from that slightly psychedelic stuff and go into the hard rock, or did it just kind of happen? No, what, it was the other way. We were at Butlins had a sort of a rock and rollish set, Every Brothers, Rock Around the Clock, that kind of stuff. And got back to London, and bearing in mind, Minehead in the city, you were cut off from London, yeah. you know. And we got back, and it was all right, you pony. <laughs> we, I don't know what they're talking about. But we had to do a lot of that stuff. Then we were Madeline Bell's backing band, so she did a lot of the soul stuff. Then I wrote Almost But Not Quite There, and then Matchstick Men. Matchstick Men took off. We were a rock band with a soul set and a psychedelic single, so... Uh, You've always been a bit confused. Really. And we were out there, and then realising that you'd play top rank circuit in the yeah. mecca circuit, Brilliant. and there'd be about 1,200 people, and you knew that loads of the girls that went there went there because there'd be blokes there. Yeah. And loads of the blokes went there because there'd be women there. And there were half a dozen or so at the front going, Oh, I love you! And the closer you were to the top of the pops, the more the reaction would be. And the further away you got, from, the more blank you would get, kind of. So to work in... There was this pub circuit at the time. To work in a pub and support whomever for a fiver or such and get genuine applause mm. because they liked... Because you, you were doing the job well. Yeah, that's what drove it. And then there was... I don't know when we decided, but I can't wear this stuff any. Can't we just wear what we... And we went on, it was the castle in Tooting, we were supporting Meet, meet the Hoop Ball. Mot the Hoop Ball. Meet the Hoop Ball. I love that. <laughs> and um, I remember there had been a guy on the previous package tours we did with Gene Pitney and stuff that he would have to get past him before. Not enough makeup. You go back upstairs wow. and put the makeup. Your shirt's not great. If that shirt isn't clean tomorrow, you're. Whoa, that kind of thing. Yeah. And we went on this gig, and I remember me and Rick going. Oh, it's just realising it's up to us if we wear that. And then before you know it, it became an image. So that was really good for us because didn't buy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to let you go. Thank I you. saw you in concert about five or six years ago. It was brilliant. It Wembley Did Arena. Did you say brilliant it, on here? Well, it's, it's a pre-record. We oh, can f*** out. Exactly. Uh, it was brilliant. I, I loved it. It was, was bit, it was a bit longer than five, six. It was uh, Wembley Arena... Maybe it was about seven or eight. You're, you're, did you have a driver called Andrew? Yeah, Andrew Cremona. Yeah. I think so. Have you seen him recently? No, I've not. Hands are gone. Have they, have they a really? lovely guitar player and he can't He used to uh, phone my radio show. And he, um, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> he got me some tickets and I came and I absolutely loved it. So nice to meet you, man. Thank you, sir. Absolute legend. Thank Take you care. very much. That was good. Talk Radio. 24-hour radio debate and entertainment. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking.